So, Birdo, I know you saw The Rise of Skywalker, but Colin, did you see it? Oh, did I ever. So let's talk about it, the three of us. I'm Birdo, mm. Colin from Texas, and me. Let's talk about the ninth episode in the Skywalker saga, The Rise of Skywalker. What do you say, guys? Woo! <laughs> Can't wait. My baby Yoda is super excited. My baby Yoda. <laughs> this is the Psychology in Seattle podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I'm a therapist and a professor, and one of my new famous or my new favorite characters is IG11. Berto? Yeah. My name is Umberto Castaneda, and I design buttonless t shirts. And I'd say my favorite Star Wars character. New, new favorite. And my new favorite Star Wars character is, uh, uh, you know, it's uh, IG-11. I will go with IG-11. It's just so badass. Like, I don't want to derail this, but like, this is the first time in a Star Wars movie we see a droid actually doing what a droid could do in combat. Yeah. Uh, Copycat. Colin, what, do you, what about you? Uh, I would say that my favorite Star Wars character is the crane that uh, Emperor Palpatine is attached to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Craney. Craney the crane. <laughs> He's so Cranium. Cranny is so cute. God, kill me. Okay. <laughs> so I'm just going to come out and say it. I, when I stood up and Umberto and I looked at each other, um, I felt so bad. And I said, uh, Berto, what would you give it out of 10? And what did you say then? I think I said five. And I said one. And I, I, I was like, oh, you mean it's reversed. Like one is better, 10 is worse. And what did you say after I said one? I was like, that? whoa. No, but then what did you say? Um, I, I don't remember. What you said, it? you'll change your mind. Oh, did I say that? Yeah, it was very discounting, by the way. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, because I was, I was in shock that you hated it so much. I'm like, I know. I don't think, did you watch it again? No. Okay. And I, I will. Yeah, uh, so, no, but, you're, no, but no. you're right. It has changed. I, I have risen it to a two because <laughs> <'cause> there, <laughs> there are there are absolutely some redeeming things about this script. Um, I have not budged at all, and in fact, yeah, I you're still budged. a five. I'm not only still a five, but given Star Wars, like as a movie, I'm at a five. I could even consider a six as a movie. But but given Star Wars and my love of Star Wars, I considered dropping it. Yeah. Uh, like to like four. <laughs> Colin, what did you give it? So there's a, a little story. So um, <laughs> sit, sit, sit around the, the campfire and, you know, sit however you're comfortable. It started with an email that was a nine. I sent an email to Kurt saying nine. But um, the specter of script analysis and after sex brain state <laughs> um well it, it came into being and well, but, now but sorry whole- sorry colin colin when you said nine you were kirk was asking you did you like it and you used german <laughs> yeah oh i it's now a six for me and okay. let me explain why it's a six because it's it was like, I don't want to get too nasty, but if, if anybody, y'all, y'all talked about, y'all went to like a weird club at some point. I've heard that story. We all know it. The, um, sex, the sex club? No, no. He's talking yeah. about the pot club. <laughs> I'm talking about the sex club. <laughs> I am talking about the sex club. So um, it felt like being in a really awesome strip club. And let me explain. So my <laughs> nerd brain has certain associations with like 
I have like an emotional need for Star Wars, you know? Yeah. So I'm yeah, sitting yeah. there and I'm like ready for it, but I'm getting something. And in the moment, <laughs> I'm like, whoa, I'm seeing a lot that I want to see. Hey, what's that? <laughs> what's going on? I want to see what's around the corner. Baby, baby, give me another ATST. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <sighs> and then yeah. I realize how shallow the experience is later. And I'm not dogging <laughs> on strip clubs or people who like strip clubs. If you if that's what you love, that's awesome. But for but have me, you ever been in a strip club when the lights go on? You know exactly. What. <laughs> no, listen, exactly. Colin. I, I can so feel you. That is literally what happened to me with episode one, where I went to see it and I watched it. And you know, even though I had seen the preview and I had already thought to myself that that character is a little frightening but okay but then i watched it and as i'm watching it same thing i'm like oh my gosh i mean those those rounded shapes are like what i like and when Mm -hmm. she turns around there's more rounded shapes which i also like this must be great and then i leave the theater and and we go to a lunch and i'm like that was good right that that, i mean we saw stuff we wanted to see right and it took me like a week and, and like i think i saw it at least one or two more times and it took me a week of decompression to find out wait a minute. Oh no, I never even got hard, you know, like that kind of right. thing. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. For me, it was very different emotionally from, I, I went into the movie expecting to like it. I wasn't going into the movie expecting to love it, but I was, I was pretty optimistic given that I, I've liked all the other movies. I, I even liked episode one through three. Um, I'm not one of those people who actually hates right. one through three. I liked Solo. I liked Episode Eight. I yeah. liked, you know, the the, the Last Jedi. Yeah. I liked the Star Wars cartoons. I love them. In fact, I've read yeah. the books. I've played the video games. I've I typically, as you know, yeah, uh, Umberto. I I like. I'm like, well, the worst you can do is is Episode Two or One. Yeah, and you know, I, I've rewatched. Survived that. I, I've watched. There's. I've watched them five or six times. Yeah if not more. And there are some scenes where I'm, I'm on board, man. Yeah, sure. And, uh, yeah, there's problems with the script, but, but it's not to the point where I'm going to be like, I'm never watching that again. Yeah. Um, but with episode nine, the rise of Sky- Skywalker from the very beginning, it was like a, it was like a train wreck for me. <laughs> I was literally cringing and rolling my eyes at, multiple uh, <laughs> scenes at multiple events that happened. Uh, just as an example, when uh, Ray throws this, the, uh, you know, the lightsaber into the fire uh-huh. and a ghost hand jumps out <laughs> from the fire <laughs> and grabs on to the lightsaber and says, that's no way to says- treat a, 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 a Jedi's <laughs> weapon. Um, I, was i was i mean i was physically rolling my eyes i was i was like oh my well, god well the awkward thing is that the the force luke ghost called her ryan for some reason <laughs> yeah and and uh, there were multiple moments like that um right from the opening crawl you know Berto and i have been talking about this for a while you know when the trailer came out with a laughing Palpatine. And I, and, and by the way, I, I should say that might be where you and I started this movie very differently. Cause I came into it with hatred in my heart. Cause I was already like, 
I don't like this. I don't know what they think they're doing. Yeah, you didn't have any faith. I had no faith. And not, a, not only that, when the crawl opened, the very first line, the dead speak, I was like ready to walk out of the theater. But then ironically, like the next little paragraph gave me a little hope because it said something like, they think, a voice they think is Palpatine has blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, See, that surprises oh. me because, because you were so much more ready to be rageful yes. about a resurrected Palpatine. And I continued to. And I was. Yeah. Um, and I was, but the thing was for me was I had way more faith than you did. I was yeah, like, I you know, J.J. Abrams has not led us astray Right. Uh, in previous, you know, I liked the the Star Trek reboot. Right. Lost. Oh, wait. Yeah, Lost <laughs> was awful. Actually, we're going to go over uh, Abrams' uh, track record, yeah. and there's evidence as to why episode uh, nine sucks. But anyway. And I have some shit to say about him as well, so okay. can't wait. Yeah, I'm sure uh, you do, Colin. So the um, right from the beginning, I was, from the opening crawl, I was like, what and and i and i was trying to go along with it you know because yeah. i'm a, i'm a pretty forgiving watcher you know i tend to like movies that a lot of people don't like and and so i you know it was really uncharacteristic for me but man again if you liked it out there and colin you know you now i will say colin you know the the rating you give it right after that's a big deal because that meant that while you were watching it you were into it. You had a you yeah. had a good time. You obviously yeah, yes did. and no. Like let me like let me explain because I sometimes it depends on my state of mind. Like I, for example, and I know you guys actually don't mind this movie, but I walked out of Batman v Superman on cloud nine. I was elated with my experience, and then have subsequently come down from that high, and. Part of my experience watching Star Wars was not me actually investing in the story. And this is what I, what I mean by this. I was thinking about other things while I was watching the movie. And I enjoyed, like, I'll be super clear. I've been writing some, like, Legend of Zelda fan fiction that's heavily Ooh. based in, like, an Indiana Jones, uh, like, style of script writing. Because it is in the form it. of a screenplay. Yeah, I'd love to send it over. Um, but, uh, so... I was thinking about that while I was watching. I was like, ooh, they're doing like a Star Wars meets Indiana Jones and they're like on a, they're on a mission and they're using artifacts to look for secrets and mysteries in the force and there's really bad villains. You know, there's no, the gray area of The Last Jedi is all gone and everything is black and white and there's evil and good and like, I wonder what I would do. And I'm thinking the whole time I'm watching, like I'm getting ideas for what I'm writing. And so none of that had anything to do with actually what I was watching. And the stuff that I did enjoy was the schlocky elements of the film. And, and so I love good movies. Like also, I, I love to be taken away by a truly immersive script. Like you, all, you did an episode, Kirk, on it. A movie for me that was incredibly impactful was Marriage Story. Like it's very slow. Like you, you, could, you couldn't pick a more opposite performance like Kylo Ren versus the man that Adam Driver played in that movie. Like, it's just still shots of two people talking, but there's so much gravity in what these two people are saying. There's no gravity in what anybody said in this latest Star Wars movie. But on some level, the Emperor Palpatine 
switch went off in my brain. And let me, let me explain the Emperor Palpatine switch. So I like episode three. I don't think it's very well written. But Emperor Palpatine is like, is like the king of schlocky characters. You know, he's like, <laughs> do it. I can't wait to see all the death and the destruction. You know, like he's just <laughs> so dripping in evil that like I'm laughing. I'm enjoying how primal this character is. And that's what I enjoy about episode three. And I got some of that with this new movie. And well, then, sorry, sorry, Colin, sorry to interrupt oh, you, but, 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 no, go uh, ahead. But, but the, the thing is that in episode six, when we first saw uh, Palpatine, uh, I felt, even though, yes, they had destroyed his first Death Star, this is true. Technically, we saw him in episode five as a hologram. Oh, yes, sure, the sorry. hologram. But he was played but by a different man originally. interacted yes. and stuff. Yeah. I was just. Uh, yeah, no, no, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, but um, what I'm saying is that he, in my opinion, had an earned right to be acting that way in episode six when we saw him because in in actuality as a viewer you were like oh actually this is not looking good at all and it's the first time you're seeing that setup and yes you know what you're watching is a star wars movie but at the same time i was honestly concerned i'm like wait how is he gonna get out of this hey i don't know if he can beat darth vader and if he can it's only because he's gonna do what the emperor wants him to do wait what's gonna happen so when he was like (laughs) and now you're pathetic friends and all this stuff. I'm like, oh, geez, actually, this is, in other words, it was right. It was the right cockiness, the right attitude, the right thing for that moment, and it was effective. That was what I was going to say. But whereas in episode nine, it's like, not only have we seen it before, but it's like, you haven't earned this. You just got your ass kicked by the same thing before. Why do you think this is going to work? And how are you even here? And, (laughs) right, the, and I have a, so, I have 11 pages of notes <laughs> to get to. Yes. Uh, I probably won't get to all of it, but I, so let's get through this. Uh, sorry, Colin, do finish. Let, let's call, let Colin finish this point. Cause I interrupted him before he finished. Oh no. It, it's just more dumb stuff um, <laughs> that I walked away um, enjoying. So th- there's like soap operas out there, right? And some of us like different kinds of soap uh, material, uh, depending on what you are just stimulated by visually, I think, because most soap operas are not well written. And I'm, I'm not trying to say I'm like super good at writing or could do better, but I'm just saying a lot of times the scripts don't hold up and everything is shot for consistency and convenience. And I'll just take an example of like a show that for me is just purely for the set dressing. I like Gossip Girl. And whether that's like, it, it, it's not a well-written show. The characters are all weirdly connected. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody has perfect hair and perfect makeup and perfect clothes all the time. All of the drama is very cookie cutter. Like things that you're like, and you're talking. Like I like hate watching that show with people and laughing at and like talking through it. Like honestly, I want to rewatch Rise of Skywalker with someone that I can laugh through it with. And to round out my point, I am a soap fan of the Raylo situation. So I just threw up a little I bit got, in my yes. mouth. Yes. So, so I'm again, one of those so awful I, people. So I just want to interrupt this again is Birdo, you were on the record <laughs> uh, yelling at me yes. for uh, saying that there's a possibility of a Raylo, and yeah. you were, you were like, 
militant. Yes. Like you were, you were I'm like, I, I will, I will go on a riot. I am. I am actually. And yes. the Palpatine thing, you were like, yes. if they, you know, as soon as you heard that cackle on that first trailer, you were like, if Palpatine comes back, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm done. done. And you give this movie a six. Oh man. You, I don't you understand. Bring, you bring up some painful realities. I don't understand how, you, cause to me, I, I was even open to Raylo. Someone I, I was even kind of open to Palpatine. <laughs> but, but I'm watching the movie just going like, man, if I think this is a one, Berto's got to give this a negative well, 10. Because someone <laughs> I respect once told me that maybe sometimes I need to turn off my brain and just enjoy shit. <laughs> and guess what? If I turn off my brain and just enjoy certain scenes and moments, uh, and effects and shots. And it is possible. That's the thing about some people who critique film. They tell you that it is not possible to put your brain in that state. They're like, well, you can't just turn it on and off. It's like, absolutely, you can. Absolutely. So yeah, I'm with it, you on this one. But it, it, it takes a, uh, a artist who can help me to turn my brain off um, and, uh, and not make it so hard for me not to uh, like, like honestly, if this movie would have course corrected, even like, like 70 minutes in, yeah, I would have given it a five, but it never course corrected. In my opinion, mm-hmm. it never got back on the, it never got, it was never on the rails from minute one. And I, the whole time and yet, you know, just to give some other cr- credentials here, I liked Game of Thrones episode eight or season eight. I'm one of those few people who actually pretty much yeah, thoroughly like the first two three episodes. I, I, now, do do I wish they would have given it 25 episodes instead of seven? Absolutely. Oh but, yes. But but I I I liked it. You know, I liked season eight. I was excited. So you know, I liked the all woman Ghostbusters movie. It wasn't awesome. I think it gave it like a five out of ten. But it wasn't terrible. So I think I'm, your mic is malfunctioning because the things I'm hearing are not. So I'm I'm one of those people. <laughs> We're who, interfering. There's interference. <laughs> who I'm one of those people who tends to uh, give people the benefit, give artists sure. the benefit of the doubt, and take away what I can like about something, sure. and not and and am, I'm almost never in a situation where I'm cringing right. while I'm watching something and going and laughing yeah. while other people behind me are in ecstasy. Yeah. And, and so I, I just, I just have to say like, <laughs> it was very strange um, for me, you know, when, when, by the way, that, that describes my prison experience, but go ahead. Oh, God damn. Uh, when, uh, <laughs> when Chewie gets his medal, there was a, uh, a gasp of joy from a woman behind me while, oh, I, God. while I'm rolling my <laughs> eyes. My eyes are, are wanting to flop out of my head because I'm like, I'm like, how in the world? So wait, this Maz uh, woman. Uh, so one, Chewie cared about such a stupid thing. This whole time he's been resentful. Yeah. Like, God, dude, my medal. Um, uh, Maz has been waiting this whole time. Yeah, but we got to wait till Leia dies. Can't and, do it before that. And how did Maz get it? How did Maz know? Was well, Maz no. there? Well, if you read the comic book they came out with, uh, the thing is Princess Leia was opposed to Chewie getting a medal because she was racist. Yeah. So I, I was just like, uh, the whole, and so another thing I'll say before moving forward to my next part of my notes, which we're still on page one, is that it felt like I was watching an SNL par- parody of, or an Adult Swim parody of a Star Wars movie. You know, it'd be like, if, if you were SNL and you're like, okay, what would be the dumbest thing we could oh, do? Oh, Palpatine okay. comes back. Palpatine goes back and he's a zombie. He's a zombie Palpatine. Um, and Luke Skywalker now walks around like he's actually in the material world 
in the material world. Oh, actually, it's the best of all worlds because not only did he come back uh, probably as a clone, but that is still deformed and missing fingers. Like it's like it's like none of it makes sense. Right. And we're gonna make him cackle. (laughs) It's not gonna make any sense. And he's gonna say the exact same lines from episode six. And his plan is always the thing that happens right before he dies. Yeah. His plan is always up until the last moment when he dies. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. You're definitely right. I'm I not it was not a good idea to bring him back, but I want to pose to you. let's we're you talk about empathy a lot. I'm going to go ahead. Not that he deserves this because JJ Abrams <laughs> is very successful. Like if I had an, a, a, a tiny droplet of the opportunities that he's had, I mean, Oh my God, I would be on cloud nine. I guess that's my thing tonight. Cloud nine. But anyway, um, I want to pose to you what you would do in JJ Abrams shoes at the beginning of day one. I have to write the new star Wars script. I, it's time. Um, you mean before the, the Force end? Awakens? No, after the new. So okay, so Force actually, has I happened, got... and Last Jedi has happened. Yeah, and so... your main villain is dead, right? Well, but he already screwed up because we're already in the third movie, and they didn't have a plan okay. from the beginning. Okay, I have a long answer to this because this is this is okay. actually page four of my notes. Okay. Um, so there were a lot of problems with the script. So I'm going to tell you what happened in reality, and then I'll answer your question. So long story short, short J.J. Abrams and a man named Chris Terrio joined the project late, uh, probably because the original writer-director, Colin uh, Trevorrow, had been fired for, quote-unquote, creative differences in the middle of the project. So that is not a good thing to happen. You you don't Mm -hmm. want a script. And then, so Chris Terrio said, so we actually, this is him, this is him talking. So we actually started with just a whiteboard. We just asked, what do we want to see happen? These characters, where do we want to see them go? What are the feelings we want them to have? What are the stories that we want to tell? What things do, okay, this is, this is the very telling statement. What are the things do we feel were unresolved from either episode seven, eight, or even one, two, three, four, oh. five, and six? Oh, that's, oh. What, so I just want to repeat this line. What things do we feel were unresolved from either seven or from eight, or even all, from all one, above. two, three, four, five, and six. <laughs> and the Christmas special, too. <laughs> and then he goes on to say, it eventually grew to be like 121 pages of things that we would like to see. Oof. We went back and asked, what about this strand? Was, was this little premise that was made in this episode ever fulfilled? Or here's a little aspect of this character that seems kind of interesting and intriguing. Or, as JJ would say, there's always been this line in Empire Strikes Back, and I always think about that line. What do you think? What do you think that means? So this is exactly what I expected to hear, and I'm surprised he was honest. <laughs> this is this is the dumbest way to write a script. This is two 13 year olds going like, "Ooh, wouldn't it be cool if like Palpatine came back and this and that?" And oh, what if what if Chewie got a medal? And oh, what if you know? What you, if there were no what idea. if there were horses in space? Yeah. You, you have no idea, dude. Because actually, the the scene they cut out at first, it was zoom in. You see a little family of what looks like sea monkeys, and they're all having fun and chatting. And then they start vibrating, and we zoom out, and we find out that it's a family of mini chlorians. Right. So oh, I can't wait for the deleted scenes. <laughs> so I will tell you that right after I wrote in my notes, I wrote 
it's clear that they, so this is without reading this process. I wrote in my notes, it's clear that they wanted to have particular scenes without making us care or worry about the characters. That is the tagline. They wanted particular scenes that were actually ill-conceived by people who don't really understand Star Wars, in my opinion. And they didn't care about actually writing a story. Well, absolutely. And look, you could say what you want about the Marvel movies. I think we like a lot of them. One thing that I think is undeniable is that they were able to steer through countless number of movies with some sort of overarching thing, right? Here, it was clear that they didn't really have a plan. Right. Yeah. You, had, you had two people who don't really care about Star Wars. Um, Chris Terrio said that, quote unquote, he was like very familiar with the original trilogy, which I question. <laughs> um, and, but he had very little awareness of episode one through three. So you're telling me you're a big fan of, the, of Star Wars. Right. And you, you're not you're not really that familiar with episode one through three. Right. Like they basically got some random person. Um, we'll go through his pedigree in a second, but to answer your question, which I think is very good. And I, I think all of us should answer this question and I haven't actually thought about it. So I'm going to riff off the top of my head. What I would do is not have Palpatine. That's stupid. Of course. Um, I would actually make Ray or uh, Kylo the bad guy. Uh, he is, he is in charge. Like for some, what's the compulsion to have Kylo have an antagonist evil person above him? Or you could actually make Hux above him. You could, like, you could make Hux um, angry about what happened in Episode Eight, and he actually manages in a shrewd way, not with the Force, but he manages to get a lot of allies within the First Order, and maybe that's the conflict within the First Order. Uh, and sorry to bolster that. Think of how effective um, Grand Moff Tarkin was in in the first one, right? right. He was absolutely above Darth Vader, yeah. and the guy that's in this new one. Like if they, the, the right. new general or whatever I thought was great, that like evil British man. Right. Yeah. So, so they, uh, pride, I think. Yeah, so you need an evil British man on top. So, so fine, you know, but, but, <laughs> but don't bring back Palpatine. Like you don't no, need, Papa, you don't need that. Or at the very worst, bring back Snoke. Yes. Like if you he really. He was force projecting too, it turns yeah, out. If you really needed a bad guy uh, and you wanted to write a stupid ass script, don't go full stupid. <laughs> right. Never go but this is stupid. but this is where this is where I I know that producers got in the way because somebody said in a meeting, well, you know, that movie, that Force Awakens, or excuse me, that Last Jedi, that was pretty divisive. A lot of people don't like it. That Snoke character is awfully tied to the story of that film. You know what I mean? So like there's that's what was re- I think also a part of the problem is that they couldn't decide. Okay, but you're are we Jay, gonna... you're JJ fucking Abrams. You have power. People will follow your direction. Step forward and write a goddamn script. Don't splatter <laughs> a bunch of spoo on a whiteboard and expect <laughs> it to fit yeah. together. Um, so, so I, so, but I would have made Kylo. I expected Kylo to be the bad guy. That's how Episode yeah. Eight ends. Yeah. Kylo's at the tippy top. Yeah. Now you can absolutely make him the bad guy. And still have that whole story with Raylo happen, yeah. um, where there's some crisis where Kylo, you know, is is trying to eliminate Ray, but uh, Ray injures him. By a spoiler alert, Kylo uh, is saved by Ray, and then Kylo turns around. But then Hux turns on Kylo because Hux sees Kylo. You know, and then yeah. you have the rest of the movie. You don't need Palpatine. You, you could abs- not only do I agree that you don't need Palpatine, I definitely agree that Kylo as a bad guy works very well. I, that's one of the things I 
I do like about this whole series is Kylo Ren is, is good. I like Kylo Ren, you know, not, you know, you know what yeah. I mean? But I, I actually think it was in some ways interesting that they flipped the script in the second one as much as I have problems with the second one. Where it's like, oh, okay, well, the, the big baddie, quote unquote, turns out not to be the main show. And he's out of the way. Now we're going to focus more on Kylo, who is way more relatable anyways. That's interesting. So in some ways, imagine if at the end of this movie, instead of because like in return, there's still this big bad guy that you throw down the well. What if in this one, the big conquering scene at the end isn't throwing some bad guy down the well. It's just the turn of Kylo. That's the big thing. And there isn't a, that is the, the ultimate bad guy. And the way you defeat him is actually, you don't kill him, he, he turns from the dark side. Or Kylo, at the last minute, throws himself into a well. You know, something like that. Or, or Ray does. or something. You know, there's so many options of... I mean, imagine if they, if they, just, they just send them to jail. <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing, though, is that if somebody in that room is going to go, but this is Star Wars. Don't we need a big planet blowy-uppy thingy-mabobber? Okay, you can have that. You absolutely can. You know what I mean? You can also have that. You can like have that. A dude, like, this is the thing is like, I, I came up with like what I thought was going to happen um, a little bit after I saw The Last Jedi because I, I loved The Last Jedi when I saw it and I still love it to this day. That hasn't wavered. And I do I think love, it is a I good, love, good I love movie. Last Jedi too. I think I gave it an eight out of 10. What'd you give it, Bruno? I gave it at most a seven. Oh. And I have some problems with I that it, one. I gave it an 8.5. Yeah. I, I, no, just, to, just to say really quick, I, I actually think some of the problems I have with that one are what unfortunately spilt in the wrong ways into this one. Because even though I didn't like what they, how they handled Luke in the first part of the movie, I did like how they handled Luke in the second part of the movie. In, I'm talking about The Last Jedi. Uh, even though I didn't like sort of the, um, how, how shall I say, the whole casino sequence should have not been there, right? Yeah, absolutely. Right? And in fact, what I wanted to see is I wanted to see Finn and Poe like interacting together, all those kinds of things, right? But that said, the rest of my problems with that movie are not irredeemable. They were things like, well, can they really bash a ship with using light speed? Like, right. you know, all those kinds of things. So you know? just to asterisk on your asterisk, and we'll get back to you, yeah. Colin. Um, retro, retroactively, because of episode nine, I am now looking back at episode eight through the lens of yeah. episode nine and actually downgrading episode eight. Yeah. When I first saw episode mm-hmm. eight, I, I forgave all those yeah. all those what I understand to be legitimate criticisms. It's like, so they could always do that. And wait, you can run out of gas. Like that's something, or you could slow like what? (laughs) Like, but at the time, and I remember thinking about that at the time, but I was, but there was so many, there was so much um, of a strong foundation in episode eight that I could forgive the little problems and still, and really enjoy it. The casino scene, for example, I remember thinking this is dumb, but, but there was a foundation with episode nine. I never had that foundation where I could say, okay, Now we're in the good zone. Uh, so, Colin, go ahead. Tell us your script. Well, I, I spat a few different ideas that involved... because Okay, let me first explain what I felt like was the natural trajectory of this new series. So, Force Awakens very much felt like the original trilogy. And some people have definitely maligned it for that. Even though, at the end of the day, I think it was okay. I think don't, it was about people I don't know, reclaiming... <laughs> You know, like like reclaiming Star Wars or yeah. Berto and I, Berto and I walked out of that movie watching it and had a massive nerdgasm. Yeah, we were in yeah. love. Yeah, yeah, and that was the I think the point. And like, so the filmmakers had like a clear goal, and I feel like they achieved it. Then the Last Jedi, 
comes along and I felt like the it was time like the whole theme right is even Luke's line it's time to let old things die and they were trying to move away from the archetypical hero versus evil uh thing that that has been Star Wars and that was based in the serials that George Lucas loved and that has been based in mythology which is what everything comes back to and this natural trajectory I felt like was oh we're moving away from like this very relatable easy like black and white thing like this the second movie is grayer I was expecting this third movie to like go fully into the gray I was very much excited. And so everything I wrote was like very different. It didn't have the like big evil villain. It didn't have the bl- the planet blowy up. And the, the battles were really small scale. So and Colin, I can, thought, you, can you write a fan fiction episode nine for us? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll that, yeah, out. definitely. <laughs> um, so the one that I, I toyed around with was that toyed around with was that Ray and Kylo would find, they would kill Hux or remove him from power. And there would be this, like, it, it's no longer the First Order because Kylo is the most powerful and he can control the people in charge because the insane, it, crazy, I would say certifiably crazy Hux is no longer in position of power. So there's, but there's, that's weird for the other characters that have been established. So like Finn, who has, I think, been mostly forgotten in, this, in these movies, would have been given a choice this person that's super close to me, Ray has now decided that there are, that we should not join with the first order, but there's something to be said about merging their technologies or trying to redirect their ideology. Um, because we have, we now have the big guns behind them working for us, but Finn could be like, no, I was there. That, was, okay, Colin, that, you know is, I mean? that is genius, by the way. That is genius. I can totally see that. I want to see it in a script. Let's, let's start a petition yeah. that will obviously be heard and respected <laughs> and not crazy on we'll, the internet. We'll call it Grey Wars. Yeah, so let me go over, uh-huh. some, let me go over uh, some reviews here. So Rotten Tomatoes, Birdo, Colin, what do you think uh, episode nine got? Oh, 57? So the, the critics gave it, yeah, like 55, 57. The uh, 50, fans gave it 83. Uh, 54, and the audience is 86. So oh. you have about, you know, and so 54 is actually considered rotten on, mm. on you know. Uh, God, rotten. how embarrassing. Um, episode 8, uh, Rotten Tomatoes audience. Berto, what do you think? Audience for episode 8 was 90. And I'm tomatoes? guessing 65. Oh, wait, no, no, right. This was the whole, right. It's the, uh, so like critics might have been like, 75 and audience was like 65 it's bigger and then the audience was like 20 lower or something right right no uh 50 lower uh oh my god uh critics 91 oh my god and audience 43 oh my god yeah so it's complete Uh, switch yeah so episode eight Mm. critics loved it audience hated it rotten Uh, tomatoes audience right rotten tomatoes audience um and the uh episode nine critics hate it uh rotten tomatoes audience loved it episode seven Berto and Colin, what do you think? I bet you that was closer. Like critics was like 75, audience was 90. Colin? That's exactly my guess. Uh, 93.86. Yeah. Oh, okay. So critics yeah. still liked it better. So episode but, seven, everyone loved yeah. it. Oh. Episode eight, critics loved it. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes people hated it. And really we have to be we have it. to be clear because yeah. Rotten Tomatoes account holders are a particular kind of yeah. person. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure what demographic that is, but I know it isn't representative of everyone watching the movie. I know then, they don't like social justice warriors. Yeah. And, and then, episode nine, then episode nine is flipped where the critics hated it and the, the Rotten Tomatoes audience loved it. So that's kind of interesting. Um, okay. So but I, I, I should think that part of it, it does have to do with so many, th- there were so many people that the things they didn't like about episode eight are these annoying social issues now in our time like well oh i see so you have to have a person of color be more prominent in the movie right. oh so you gotta have an interracial relationship so let me so oh, let me you know rant about that for a second because this is gonna get please up. is you finally have an asian person in uh the in the movie she's a pretty secondary character right rose in episode eight I thought she was a great character for Finn to bounce off of. Uh, I didn't, you know, I thought she was well-written and, you know, it was interesting. She had the casino sort of storyline, which is dumb. But, I, you know, I liked her as like a, a second Finn, you know, the everyman kind of person yeah. who doesn't have any special powers and is, you know, is just kind of a lowly uh, person who rises up, you know. Because they had sadly moved away from what I thought was going to be awesome, which was, a Finn and Ray story. Yeah. But okay. Uh, well, right. Um, so they, they add Rose and then the internet, you know, a certain, and what I would estimate to be like a 0.1% of the internet, but they're very good at commenting very loudly, hated Rose and, yeah. and literally threatened her life yeah. multiple times directly to her yeah. because someone casted her in a movie. Yeah. And these are, (laughs) and she read her lines in front of a camera and she just happens to be a woman who's Asian. Yeah. Uh, That was despicable. Yeah. As an Asian person, uh, I was just in an argument not too long ago with people close to me (laughs) that Asians experience racism, which shouldn't be that much of a strange notion to anyone in America. Uh, But the fact that I have to explain that one racism exists and two that Asians are the target of that racism. Right. It, it, it's like, what, like what fucking planet do you live on? I get that you're in a privileged bubble that, but you haven't been listening. Yeah. I, I was literally called a chink in Ballard, which is a, you know, one of the most liberal bastions in the planet. Uh, not long ago. Eeks. Uh, because a woman was upset at my driving. Basically we came to a stop sign at the same time, a four way stop and I thought I got there before her. And so I went and she followed me down the street, got out of her oh car, banged on my window and called me a chink. Is she 95? No, I don't she, get it. No, she was in her 20s or 30s. Oh my God. And so, um, so uh, this is despicable. It is. It, this is uh, a chance for us as human beings to stand up Ugh. against the bullies. Guess what happened? They, they got rid of her. They got rid of her and added a black uh, uh, girlfriend for Finn. Yeah. Oh, actually, by the way, and they couldn't even commit to that because I was so annoyed when they introduced that character. So I'm like, oh, I see. Finn can only date a black character. But they didn't even follow that up at all. Like, they didn't do anything with that character. He was still, in love, with, like, he was still in love with Ray, apparently. Uh, apparently. Other than like, oh, actually, she might be Lando's daughter or something. Right. So <laughs> as an Asian person, I'm watching this you know, this tone deaf reaction to a a character that 
because obviously J.J. Abrams and the producers were aware of the criticisms to episode eight. And I don't believe Abrams at all that this wasn't a indictment on Ryan Johnson. He has been saying like, oh, no, no, we were we respect his script. We love it. Full fucking shit. And a part of that is to completely get rid of Rose without the context understanding that all the Asians around the world are like uh, sore and hurt and demoralized by the criticism of even including her. And I know that JJ Abrams didn't exclude her because of racism, but the tone deafness of excluding her was just astounding. Well, I think it seems to be a little unfair here, Kirk, because he had to include his buddies from lost and his buddies from Felicity. And he had to introduce 20 more characters to every scene. So, you know, so that Poe wasn't gay. That's right. That's right. And so, and that's the, that's another problem. I mean, it's like, I don't want to, detract from i was about to say the the um this poor this like you said exactly it's a tone deaf recognition of what we need in in cinema and what we need in cinema is more asian representation and it's it's more i think that people who love film are especially aware of it right now because some of the best films to come out of cinema this year were by asian directors about asian people i mean the parasite is amazing uh, the Farewell is amazing. And these movies are not Star Wars, right? They're still like smaller scale movies with lower budgets and like all that stuff is still a factor. But it's just like we, you can't pull one over on us. That's what yeah. I, I guess yeah. is the well, thing. And, and he thought that he was. And I'm not saying, I'm not even necessarily saying uh, representation. What I'm saying is she was a character yeah. that would have been strange if she wasn't included at least at the level or close to the level that she was in episode. She kissed Finn in, in episode eight. Like, uh, so it took effort to get rid of her. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like it was yeah. counter to good storytelling to get rid of her. So you put effort into, uh, somewhat, um, appeasing racists online, um, which is just absurd. Okay. So JJ Abrams, you know, I've, I respect him, you know, when he did episode seven, I was just like, man, what a slam dunk, you know, what a slam dunk. I, I still, I still stand behind episode seven. People poke holes at it, but I I I find it to just be a, like a, you can poke holes in all star Wars movies, but I find it to be a glorious now, you know, it's, it's absolutely a remake of episode four, but Mm-hmm. It, it, but given the context and the time and episode yeah. one to three, it, it was a perfect stepping off point into the future that Ryan Johnson capitalized on beautifully, I thought. Um, and that episode nine should not have gone also back to episode four. But anyway, um, so I've really respected him. And, you know, I think about certain movies that he's made in the past, but when, okay, but, but, but he's, he's good like at beginnings. You know, he's good at producing and potentially directing, but let's look at his writing history okay so what he has written he okay. wrote episode nine okay, okay? so n- 1990 he wrote taking care of business with james belushi rotten tomatoes 29 percent 1991 regarding henry with harrison ford oh that's rot- good right rotten tomatoes 41 percent. but i thought that was a good movie i remember liking it back then i recently rewatched it it's kind of dumb oh, okay 1992 forever young mel gibson 57 percent uh, 1997, Gone Fishing, Joe Pesci, and Danny Glover, Rotten Tomatoes, 4%. Yeah, not a fan. Yeah, so, not a fan. J.J. Abrams, these are his first four movies, oh okay? His fifth movie is Armageddon. 
Oh, I Bruce used to Willis, realize. Liv Tyler, Ben Affleck, Rotten Yikes. Tomatoes, 38%. Armageddon is one of the dumbest scripts I've ever read. Oh, it man. is stupid, okay? But it's People got love that movie for the visuals. Oh, God. Too, okay, fine, but it's a terribly <laughs> written movie. Like, no, you exactly. Could, you could have written a... Like, the idea that engineers are the best people to go into space. <laughs> so I thought that was a Michael right. Bay movie. No, it was Abrams. Oh my 2001, God. 2001, Joyride, Steve Zahn, Paul Walker. Oh, Rotten Tomatoes, 74% actually. Really? Then 2004, Lost, which is one of the dumbest scripts of but, all time. But again, it starts off with a bang. It, but it's, it's yeah, a it's series. A but it's a series of scenes, exactly. Lost is a series of scenes I, I, that I don't make sense. I hear you. Eventually, that's right. It's just that that like that opening episode and that first season are really compelling and well shot. So then his later movies that he wrote are Mission Impossible 3, which is good, 70%. Yeah. Uh, Super 8, which is great, 81%. Episode 7, 93%. So, so well, I is, thought it, Super 8 was uh, Spielberg, no, but he didn't write no, it. No, it was, no, J.J. Abrams was uh, aping. Oh, no, 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 Super 8. What was the, what was the Steven Spielberg one that was like... Um, I don't know. Uh, okay. So, so his most recent writing endeavors actually were great. But when you look at his full like uh, pedigree here, we see he is capable of shitting the bed. Then we got Chris Terrio. Now, you think, well, Chris Terrio must be, you know, this is one of the biggest, most prestigious, probably high-paying writing jobs that's ever existed in the history of the planet, okay? Yeah. It was probably multi-million dollar deal. Yeah. Uh, writers around the world were probably dying to be a part of this yeah. situation even late in the game okay he wrote three notable movies one is argo which was he was actually nominated for a golden That's Globe good. for best screenplay i thought argo was a mediocre movie at best it won the best picture that year. i, which like I that just movie. thought was, or best director i just thought that movie was just like it was fine i mean it yeah. wasn't it's a five bad. movie for me but yeah but i wasn't like it wasn't better than the other movies that came uh, out. There. I, I did no. like that movie. He also oh, okay. wrote. He also wrote Batman. Batman v Superman. I liked that movie. I liked. We all, all three of us liked that movie. But Rotten Tomatoes, twenty eight percent, and that script has problems. You, like, mm-hmm. you, you, there were problems like the, the Omega that he sees. You know, like there's certain scenes where you're just like that. Sh- that should not have been in the movie. You know what I mean? Like, but it, that to me, I felt that those were like. The producer's going, well, we need a, because we're going to have to make more movies, so put this scene in so we can show what's coming. Fine. But, but that it, does fall on the director, though, because it's like... But, but not the script writer. But, well, anyway, so, so Terrio writes Batman v Superman. He also wrote Justice League, which you have to agree is not a good script. I don't remember. It's, a, it's, it, it's an enjoyable I movie. movie. I enjoyed it. I gave, yeah. probably gave it a five. But of all the people who would write episode nine, you get the writer from Batman v Superman and Justice League, someone who has proven can miss the mark. Here's what I will give you. Here's what I will definitely give you. Clearly, the people that they were probably trying to appease hated his stuff. (laughs) So it is puzzling why they got him. Right. Uh, Like, even if this kind of did well, like the criticism of hiring the Justice League writer yeah. for one of the most important writing jobs of all time, it, it just boggles the mind. Like yeah. how did, how did of all the other writers that you could, that you could entertain, you know yeah. what I mean? Like why but, him? I, I thought they didn't have much choice in the matter because like, wasn't it that didn't Warner buy um, uh, the production company, JJ's production company. And isn't he like Warner? 
I can't imagine that he's the only Warner writer that is available. Okay. <laughs> so that is just absurd. No, no, obviously, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to go over some things that I liked because I haven't talked about that yet. Yeah. So let's all talk about what we liked. About which movie? <laughs> <laughs> Episode nine. So there were, there were a number of moments where I teared up. Actually. What? Yeah. No way. Yeah. I mean, it's a long movie. No way. <laughs> yeah. Zero tears for me, man. Oh, oh Stacy, me and Stacy no were, were both tears. crying. No tears. Uh, I cried too. When 3PO sacrifices himself. He doesn't. No tears. But when we first think he sacrifices. We don't even think that because they literally say before he does it, well, R2's got his backup. But we weren't sure. Oh, yeah. No. I, no tears. Look, I, it was an emotional moment for me. Chewie crying about Leia dying. Not only was it not emotional for me, by the way, but it is, it is abusive because like, there's already this theme about them being slaves. And he has no say in his own destiny. They're like, we're going to wipe your memory. We don't give a shit about you. And they just do it. Yeah, yeah the droid and, stuff and, is and, fucked up. When oh, wait, I have it. another way to do it. I, oh, I have whoops, a whole, we wiped your memory. I have a whole section on 3PO of what I didn't like. So we can get that. Let's stick to what we do like. So Chewie uh, crying about Leia dying. I yes. teared up then. But I, it's no tears. Ray, yes. Ray, Finn, and Poe hugging at the end. Yeah. Uh, I like that. When Raylo kiss, I, I, no. te- I teared up a little bit. No, I turned around and like, this in the air. Like it was the worst insult and slap across the face. Let's remember, he is a mass murdering psychopath. Yeah. And all of a sudden she falls for him because he's a bad boy. No, horrible. I see, horrible. Why, you, I see why you like this movie, Berta. Um, I actually liked, Worse I actually liked, almost. I actually liked Raylo. Uh, I thought it wasn't bad. It, it was, you know, mostly believable given the events of episode eight. No, um, it was funny at times The the 3PO comedy, some people didn't like it. I, I, I liked it. Um, I, but to go a little bit into what I didn't like about the 3PO comedy was, uh, they made me feel for 3PO as he sacrifices his himself his identity essentially for the team um which was something that 3PO had really never done before you know he was usually you know more anxious and selfish but in this moment he steps forward and I just thought it was really great and then just before they wipe his memory he goes wait there's another way you know it's terrible and I cared so much more when he gets uh, butchered know, by the Ugnaughts Bruno, do you, do you, so let's stick, let's stick with is trying to put him back together like oh yeah yeah so the, they the so again terrible writing you 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 can't have it both ways you can't pull our heartstrings that 3PO is sacrificing himself and then literally like 30 seconds later you make a joke that 3PO is being wiped even though he doesn't necessarily have to be wiped so we're like so we're like dehumanizing 3PO yeah, totally. um it was like it was like two different writers yeah. essentially pulling in different directions no one again you, you you have to have one vision on a script okay uh chewie playing chess with finn and poe i thought that was funny it only lasted for like five seconds but whatever yeah i agree when ray was trying um or no when poe was trying to get with carrie russell um i thought i thought that was kind of funny wait at the end uh you know poe was always like hey you know how about you and me and then carrie russell's like no it's not gonna happen but i don't get that at all but it was a funny the moment. Lord, he's hetero. That's all but I they, can but, say. But they were a thing, and she was like pissed at him. But then she's clearly no longer pissed at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now, why are they not a thing? I, 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 I still don't understand it. how you possibly gave that movie a five, given what you're saying. But anyway, um, Ray. There's other moments that I Ray using the force to influence the stormtroopers. I thought you know that's always a good laugh. Yeah, um, I like the Ray Finn Poe relationship for the most yes. part. I thought that could have been done way better but these honestly. are the reasons that i do like yes. like like colin's i script idea would have really 
deepened the Ray Finn sure. Poe relationship. Uh, Ray and Kylo facing off against Palpatine. Yes. Although absurd. I was, I was, you know, no, I was, but I did like, look, yeah. I was sort of against the whole connection and the force thing, but, but where they went with it, I thought was interesting. Yeah. Lando saving the day. I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, eh. Leia disappearing when Ben disappeared. Although there's problems with that, eh. I, 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 you know, I was, I handed myself over to that moment. That little droid repair guy, I thought he was, yes. he was awesome. Bobby uh, Frick. Uh, yeah, Bobby the, Frick the performances were as good as they could have been given yep. the squad well, from the main characters. Yeah, um, there were some excellent visuals, um, like all the, like even though yeah. all the Star Destroyers is ridiculous that scene was just like, whoa. And when all the ships show up, like, you know, it was, it was like, my God, this is touching some major Star Wars buttons in my brain. By the way, a, a little mental note for future writers. It actually makes your thing feel less epic when you have infinity ships on the horizon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it basically demeans every, Everything. every episode before yes. that. Um, uh, there, I liked the 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 even smaller, even cuter droid that BB-8 was hanging out with. I I thought that whoever yeah, invented that the uh, sort of way it, it its personality because right. it was it was sort of like super literal all the time, which I thought was really funny. Um, no, 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 thank you. Yeah, I just thought I just thought it was just, and he was abused. He was like an abused droid. Yeah, I just thought it was just. I thought it was. I thought that was really well done. Um, I liked when 3PO gets his memory back. Um, uh, but again, I wish that I, I don't wish that Chewie was dead or 3PO was dead, but at least it would have had more weight in the, in the emotional center of the, and you have every right to want that. And this is what JJ Abrams does. This is partly why he was not the right choice because he did that in Star Trek into darkness where he takes Kirk away from everybody and then gives him back. He does this. He did that on Lost. He does things that are like key moments. Like that moment where Chewie died, I was like, damn, like this is going to be, this is going to like basically compel Ray's journey for the rest of the movie. Yeah. And like, it makes sense because what else really are they going to do with Chewbacca? I mean, it's not even the original guy because Peter Mayhew has passed away. So they're not going to do like a Chewbacca. Well, maybe they'll do a Chewbacca spinoff, dear God. But anyway. um, You're you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And this would have actually splintered her and Finn, maybe even Poe. And she would have, this would have been her descent into darkness. And it would have been so hard to watch the consequences of this unintended thing. No. Oh, whoopsie. Comedy movie. Wrong move. Wrong ship. And and you could have had it where Finn and Poe are like, uh, Ray, like, let the ship go. We'll we'll get Chewie back. You know, uh, you're tearing the ship apart, Lisa. Yes, and and, then, and, and <laughs> I love it. And Ray's like, it. and Ray's like, no, I can do it. I have the power. Yeah. And then she, you know, she taps into this inner power, and then all of a sudden, her inner Palpatine comes out and blasts the ship with the with the. But they don't <laughs> give us those beats. No, they don't even. Like, they don't. They don't let it fucking breathe. I love it. I, I mean, I love your idea. And not only do they not give those beats, but when they think he's dead instead of the reactions you would expect you get oh hi mark yeah you know it's like come on yeah exactly well Um, the problem comes i think with pacing and editing for a lot of this because i think the movie has a very youtube vibe to it and like i don't know exactly what that means but it's like a series of clips you know and like people are watching it and like so the, the like 
I don't know, 15 year old, I don't want to be biased against people who are like 15, but whoever is like on their phone and watching the movie, well, they're going to have a great time. They're going to look down and text and look up. Ooh, what is that bright, <laughs> shiny thing? And you it's know, not going to matter what happened before or so, after. So let's stick to what we like. Get those out oh, of the yeah, way. Sorry. Okay. Other things that you guys like. All right, I mean, okay, so here's, because you're asking me, how can I be so angry and yet I gave it a five, maybe even a six in some cases? All right, well, I did have to uh, kind of cover my brain for the first 15 minutes because instead of a normal Star Wars movie, it was a born identity in space. It was terrible. But um, all of a sudden, I settled in and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to ignore the whole Palpatine thing. And I actually started getting more of what I wanted out of episode eight in some cases. One is, yes, Luke goes catching the lightsaber with the line is dumb. But all of a sudden, Luke is acting more like the Luke I know. I'm like, okay. All of a sudden, we're spending more time with our main characters and doing interesting things. I'm like, okay, like when the, the sequence when they're going through the Star, the Star Destroyer uh, and they're shooting stormtroopers and they're kind of like saying funny quips and things, that was entertaining. And that was fun, you know? Um, they're, they're, like you said, there were a lot of awesome visuals. Uh, the Kylo interactions with Ray were really interesting and they got very creative. I actually did like how he was able to like figure out where she was by going into the force and actually extracting matter from it. That was interesting. You yeah. know, I, maybe some purists might be like, well, that's not what the, for that's not how the force works, kid. But I actually think that was neat. So there were those things. I, I agree with you. I liked the little robot. I liked the little funny dude. I didn't care for how many uh, new places and new characters they, they forced in, but some of it was neat. I, 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 and so like those are the things, the interactions between the characters, the, the interactions between Ray and Kylo, not the fucking kiss, but the other interactions, and the, some of the uh, scenes together. That was what gave me a five or a six. Colin, what'd you like about it? Well, it, the introduction of all the new characters didn't bother me. And the reason why is because there was never, I felt like any intention to develop these stories. It was more like they're on an Odyssey or Iliad-esque journey. And, you know, it's not obviously not even a, close to being as impactful of those, as those stories, but it's, it's in the same realm. So they're, they're on this, they're going from planet to planet, hopping around and they're going to interact with an eccentric character. They're going to get one more piece of the puzzle, and they're going to go to the next level. You know, it, it kind of feels like a like a very well produced video game in some yeah, regards. Yeah, and, but, and but so, sorry, like, Colin. Gather, yeah, Colin, so, compare it to Raiders of the Lost Ark, and even subsequent in the in the series, except four, of course. And the, those wacky characters, eccentric characters you meet, are not throwaways. Right, that's true. I mean, I, I do get that. I mean, yeah, like in Raiders of the Lost Ark, um, like the John Rice davies character is great. And you spend time, Sala, I think, and you spend time with him. Um, that's awesome. Yes. Um, but I guess in my, in my opinion, um, it's so, it was a good thing that the, sh well, it wasn't a good thing that it was so fast paced. But because the film was so fast paced, my brain never was like, all right, let's see who's, what Zori Bliss is about. Like, all right, Carrie Russell, like, Let's get your Americans acting juices going and let's see like what you can do. But like it never got there because I didn't have any time to sit into that. And really I was just experiencing the set pieces and it totally like, I know exactly what I'm saying is, is very shallow and it's not like comfort. Like it wouldn't be, if I, if this were something I was reading, I wouldn't be comprehending what I was reading. I would be just skimming, but there were set pieces that I really enjoyed. Like one of my favorite 
uh, set pieces in any Star Wars movie ever is the like sunken ship version of the Death Star, which doesn't make practical sense at all because if you watch episode six, there are no chunks of Death Star. It's literally <laughs> specs. But yeah. in my head, I'm like, okay, I know this. But at the same time, I was wowed by it visually. When they're fighting in the rain, uh, or in the waves rather, and I said, oh, they're so wet and you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and then they're inside the like, dark caverns of places that we once were in when everything was operational. Operational. Um, yeah. But it just, um, that, that resounded in me. And, and I know that people were talking about like the Coachella scene as being dumb, but at the end of the day, like it doesn't, they didn't give me time to go, all right, so this is, this is a society of aliens that I need to feel are real. You know, they're not trying to district nine any of these people uh, or any of these races. It's just stuff to see. And so it was almost, it was like Star Wars theme park. And so I'm going through Star Wars theme park. <laughs> I'm sitting down. I've got my Wally chair going. And I'm like, all right, cool. I've got my popcorn. I've got my brain turned off. Like I'm seeing things that I want to see. And at the end of the day, the shallow, nothing, none of it, other than the Rose stuff, which really bothered me and was offensive to me. I, nothing really, and I sort of wanted Poe and Finn to be gay, but I guess I'm gay. So we see, we want to see what we want to see, right? The heart wants what it wants. But um, I, I felt like, the chemistry of the cast is great. So at this, at, while I'm sitting in my chair, I'm thinking, God, I wonder what these amazing actors could do in a different script. I'm also just enjoying seeing them work. Like I love Daisy Ridley. I think she's super charismatic. I think Oscar Isaac is one of the best actors working today. I love Carrie Fisher. So even though she's dead, um, I was still like getting in touch with my pathos and like, oh, I'm remembering like, time with Carrie Fisher, even though like, you know, this is a strip club and I'm being manipulated. I can remember and I can like shed a tear for this woman who changed my life after I read, you know, X, Y, Z of her, uh, memoirs. And, uh, so I'm, I guess that's what I enjoyed out of it. The, the, the overall, I'll end my, uh, what I liked with this is the stuff that I didn't have to think about made me, it, it manipulated me into enjoying myself. Yeah. I, I, and, and, and that's worthy, you know, like I would say episode eight is, was similar to me. Like when I heard people hack on it, I was like, Oh yeah, I could see that. But you know what? I, it kept me, it kept me going, you know, I, I as I was experiencing the movie, it, it, it held my interest in the, the things that you're pointing out that are, I think legitimate. Um, I either forgave or didn't catch because I was, I was just kind of engrossed with the characters. Um, and to be clear, it wasn't a it wasn't a strip club. It was a sex club where people were literally having sex on the floor uh, in front of us while we were dancing to Rammstein um, right. on the uh, hottest hottest day on oh, record yeah. in Seattle. It was at 110 degrees or something. It's so ridiculous. And uh, they had no AC. So uh, and <laughs> Berto and I were uh, and Lita were dressed up in so many clothes because we didn't want to uh, partake. And so uh, we you should were have taking your shirts off <laughs> like everyone else did. There was a certain point yeah. where every, everyone was getting naked in the entire place. And yeah. me and Umberto and leader were like in, uh, you know, turtlenecks. And, <laughs> but, oh, but I had holes around my nipples. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's always the case. Um, so uh, <laughs> all three of them. So, so let's talk about layup. Uh, I, I've heard people say that they appreciated and sort of uh, liked the Leia scenes. 
um, you know, it's like, it's a hard job to do. You got to yeah. like r- resurrect these, these, this, uh, you know, B roll footage or deleted scenes. And I get that. I, and I respect that, but there's a way around that, which is you don't write Leah into the script as much. Yeah. Um, and as I was watching those scenes, I, at, the, at, at first I was like, Oh, I see what they're doing. And I saw right through it, right from the beginning. It's like, Oh, they clearly took deleted scenes from episode eight or seven or something. And they wrote a, a script uh, or a scene around that. And because c- the lines didn't make that much sense. Like uh-huh. her responses weren't really in line with what the other people were saying. And a lot of times I felt <laughs> bad for the characters interacting with the green yeah. screen. I was like, that must've been hard. Um, but, like, we we got to get to the planet pretty quickly. And the roses are beautiful. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, what's my line, you know? Um, and so I, uh, as time went, so at the beginning I was like, okay, you know, I guess I'll go with that. It's, you know, it's a tough job that you have to do. As time went on, they, they luxuriated in her resurrection, you know, in, in that, in that deleted scene footage, they, yeah. they let those scenes really breathe and they had a number of them. Yeah. And I was like, of after halfway through that, I was like, this is uncomfortable. They like dug into it for sure. Yeah. I'm like, you didn't have to do that. Like there's so many other storylines you have to get out in this movie like you could have just paired this back or had we would have understood you know we would have all as an audience been like well what are you gonna do you know um there could have been a no one would have been like like if you had just a few scenes with Leia in that way i can't imagine anyone in the audience being like i can't believe you didn't use more found footage of late like (laughs) of carrie fisher like i I don't think anyone would have done that um, we've all well, would have been need her in the film at all, actually. Right. Exactly. What, the thing that you needed from her was a plot point. Like the, the whole, she's supposed to be the, the reason that Kylo kind of gets kicked in the pants. Right. You know, he's like, my mom is gone. I can no longer reconnect with her. I can't go back to her. Like that happens, but it didn't have to happen in the way that it did. Like it could have been closer to the beginning. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I actually, another script idea I had was that, Kylo, I actually thought this was going to happen because I was like, well, they can't, they have to get rid of Leia at, at least at some point yeah. in the movie. And I was thinking, well, they'll probably do it at the beginning of the movie because they, they can't write her through the script. And so what I thought they're going to do, which seemed logical to me, was that Kylo has now gone full dark side, right? So I thought he was going to kill his mom yeah. because oh, yeah. in, in episode eight, he almost kills his mom, mm-hmm. but the last minute, he pulls back and then the two other TIE fighters go in and shoot the ship. Right. And um, so he still had some good in him, but at the end of eight, you know, right. we might think he's gone full dark, or at least that would have been a good way to yeah. start episode nine. And then what, what, what a powerful scene that would have been. Right. Uh, where you wouldn't have to do it face to face, like with Han, but you could be it, you know, where he swoops in on the, yeah. well, you know, the way I, so just talking about the script a little bit more. The way I predicted that the episode nine was going to start was the way logically I thought that it was the way episode eight ended, which is yeah. you have a very small band of rebels Ragtag. who are trying to uh, get a support system going. They're trying to rally the troops, trying to yeah. motivate all the people to uh, come to their side and fight against the first order. And so I thought that they would be in the Millennium Falcon and maybe a, uh, I thought, you know, cause there's usually a, a time jump between the movies. Yeah. Um, and I thought that they would be, uh, they would have been on some planet. Like, actually, I read a book um, that 
is supposed to be in between. And uh-huh. it's about it's about Leia and Poe and Ray. That sounds more interesting. And what they do in this in this book, they go to Ryloth, which is where the Twi'leks yeah. live, you know, with the, the two things yep. hanging off their head. And there, there's a kind of a civil war going on on that planet that actually is portrayed in the Clone Wars cartoons. And they uh, befriend the rebels on that planet oh, because the rebels don't really have a, a reason to play game with the First Order. They're right. already persecuted even by other uh, Twi'leks. And so they find this bastion there and they start to build their coalition. And they can hide because there's conflict there. So it's like, yeah. yeah. And so I thought, that would be a logical thing of a time yeah. jump. It's like the, the crawl would be Leia uses her diplomatic skills yeah. to get the Twi'leks to, <laughs> to, to house them. But and then, then don't speak. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then Kylo, you know, sends a, you know, a, a droid to, to, to search for yeah. them. They, they find them. You could add that rhyme with episode yeah. five or something. And then Kylo comes down and with a bunch of people and Kylo can sense Leia and Kylo actually you see him kind of question it for a second, but then he goes full dark and just kills his mom with his, with yeah. his, with his tie fighter. They, the rebels get away somehow. And then, you know, they, they still, that's how it begins. The movie. Okay. Okay. So here's, here's what I would have loved to see. We start episode seven, not where it started, but you rewind a bit and where Leia and, and, and Han, the, 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 they're in power. Things seem to be going okay. But there's some cracks. So this is a flashback? No, no I'm saying this is episode seven. I'm saying like we're going to rewrite the back. trilogy. We're going to rewrite the trilogy. It's going to start when they're still in power. But there's some cracks. And then, uh, what do you call it? A uh, terrorist attack from the Knights of Ren happens. But there's still a small ragtag. By the time we get to episode eight, is sort of a combination of where episode seven was. But then leading into some of the events, not Emperor included, that happened... Um, towards the end of episode eight. So you do get like Ben's transformation and blah, blah, blah. And that mm-hmm. way you set up episode nine, the way you're saying, which is, yeah, they are on the run, but they're, you know, what are they going to do? So like that would have worked a lot better for me if it starts Definitely. with they're in power and the third movie starts with they're like almost done. Right. And yeah. then now Poe has to mature and he started this, the, that process in episode eight yeah. of, understanding hierarchy and restraint as yeah. a leader and poe now becomes the new leia yeah or you could have had any one of the three main characters become the new leia you know what i mean right um instead of adding 10 billion characters okay yeah. um the other th- what did you guys think about leia being resurrected did it that was it satisfying was it uncomfortable uh colin what do you think i liked it but i think that i i don't know that it necessarily worked I think I'm just biased because Leia is like one of my favorite characters. I think that like, I know if I, I guess I didn't because none of what I wanted for Leia happened. Like I had my own ideas about how, like, how do we handle this? You know, Carrie Fisher. Um, I thought that perhaps the better thing would have just been either not have, like I said, not having her at all or having somebody else play her because I don't like the CG digitally recreate like Grand Moff Tarkin and Rogue One thing. It well, just how would you write this, this like how would you write the script? Would you just have her be killed off screen before the movie well, starts? Well, I I was thinking that the, you know, this this war encompasses so many parts of the galaxy that it's it's quite likely that not all the the rebels are fighting in the same place. So, you start where sort of a little bit like the beginning of five, maybe not entirely, but there's some base or some 
thing that's happening and, and it, it's used, the beginning is used to like reestablish, okay, we, we haven't spent time with Ray, Foe, and Pin, let, uh, Pin, Finn, let's see where they're, where they're at, what's going on. And then they get like a message or something, you know, it's like a, and maybe we, there's like a, I don't know, a rift in the force or something and she's passed away. And there's like, then things, cause that's another thing that this movie was lacking. There's time where action isn't happening, you know, where they go to a place and maybe it's like Leia's funeral and maybe Kylo doesn't show up because he knows that he can't because he'll be killed. But like Ray senses where Kylo is and she goes to him and whether that's a fight or they reconcile, that's what I wanted to happen. And it didn't, the resurrection thing to me was more set dressing and I just was emotional because it was an image that I could connect to, even though it wasn't very well connected to the script itself. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually going to say that, first of all, it didn't bother me. But if you can freaking bring back Emperor Palpatine in a crawl, you sure as fuck could have just killed her off in a crawl. You could have said, it just like, the dead speak instead of that. Princess Leia has died, you know? If you're going to be that bold and give us plot in a crawl like that, I'd rather take that one in a million years. And then what happens is the movie starts with them kind of dealing with the repercussions of being a band on the run with no leader, suppose got you know what's going and missing her and then yeah, sure she force force goes slightly just to give uh, Ray a little bit of something. Sure, I would have much rather do that. Yeah. So let's go into my notes on Palpatine. Oh, sorry. And by the way, a Force Ghost CG Leia would be a lot more digestible. And than, easier yeah. to actually produce. So let's go into, let's go into Palpatine. So we've already talked about some of this, but I just want to rant about Palpatine a, a little bit. So first off, obviously, we're never given an explanation about how Palpatine came back to fucking life. That is a major <laughs> thing that happened. And Star Wars isn't known for doing stuff like that. So that is like, you would, they must have had so many yes men answering to J.J. Abrams. You, you, you're telling me that there wasn't a single human being around J.J. Abrams that was like, dude, Palpatine. Gotta answer this. Palpatine? Like, no, I don't think that's, I don't think people are going to like Palpatine coming back. And if we do, we got to say something about it. Yeah, there's got to be. he may or may not even be the Palpatine that we know. Like, there's so little information. Like, this dude could be a clone, or the one in six could be a clone. Uh, Like, it's so open-ended. Who knows? Yeah, I I have a feeling it was Palpatine and his body. By the way. Because if it was is, a clone, it it would it wouldn't it would look like his old self. By right. the way, my heart lifted, like I said, in that crawl because I actually thought for a second, oh, okay, good. Even though I hated the fact that they brought even his voice back or whatever, it sounds like someone's manipulating people to think that he's alive. Right? Because they made it sound like that in the crawl. They said what people think is Palpatine, and I'm like, oh, good, okay, okay, okay. So he's not back. There's someone's manipulating people. Nope, he's back in the first scene. Yeah, I, yeah, right. So um, now they make some guesses, like uh, in the movie, like is it cloning? Secrets only the Sith knew, or the dark it, secrets? It's dark science, and it's just like what? Okay, so I, I made a list of other uh, comparable situations. Okay, so let's say that Marvel, its next movie, Tony Stark comes back to life, and he's a zombie, and they never explain it. He's not really a zombie. He's just there. Okay. Well, so Tony, He's just there. The next Marvel movie, from minute one, Tony, there. Tony Stark is, is just there, and no one questions it, really. And it just... Okay. We understand that's absurd. That's the same thing as Palpatine. 
let's say the Godfather <laughs> 4 comes out and Vito Corleone it's is around. back to life. It's never explained. Uh, Game of Thrones Season 9 comes out. Joffrey Baratheon is back. And the Night King are both hanging around. They're both alive. (laughs) Never explained. Die Hard 2, Hans Gruber comes back to life. It's never explained. Titanic 2, Jack comes back to life. It's never explained. Okay, let's go into Star Wars. Oh, what was uh, Indy's Indy's, uh, nemesis? Uh, archaeologist in Raiders. Yeah. He's in, he's in, uh, Raiders three. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars, let's say, um, in, you know, episode five or five or six, uh, Obi-Wan back to life. Never explained. Darth Vader in the episode 10 comes back to life. Let's say in episode 10, Darth Vader is walking around. Right. Or the force awakens in the force awakens. It opens with Darth Vader walking around. Right. Uh, Luke, is now fully human yeah, again. Normal. Uh, Han Solo, uh, back to life. Back to life. Like we all understand, that's dumb. That's <laughs> as dumb as Palpatine coming back to life. Even if you have a hand wavy explanation, yeah, it's still terrible yeah. script writing. You have to be an imbecile or writing a Saturday Night Live uh, oh, skit that uh, makes fun of Star Wars to bring Palpatine back. And you don't care at all about burning everyone's hearts that gave any shits about the ending of, of Return. Right. And well, who's to say that Palpatine is really dead? He basically, oh, yeah, laid, right. out, he basically laid out that he's invincible. Basically. And he's, all, he's also implied he's all of them. All of them. He's Darth- he died less in this movie than he died in six. Right. right, and he was going to jump into Ray if he, if she killed him. So now he's jumped bodies. <laughs> so so there's no consequence to six. There's no consequence to nine. Because look, Harry Potter. Okay, let's take Harry Potter. Why is Voldemort not dead? He tried to kill Harry Potter. It backfires. He should have been dead. They spent a lot of books with she had planned out explaining like yeah, there's these things called Horcruxes, and that's the reason he's like they had a reason. Right. Uh, okay, Palpatine had kids. When did that happen? <laughs> That's the Disney streaming show I want to watch. <laughs> yeah, streaming indeed. <laughs> uh, Palpatine, Palpatine needs force life from a force dyad. <laughs> So, which, which he, about, by the way, that's the other thing. It's like, haha, my plan was always for you, Ray, to come back and kill me so I could try. Oh, wait, my plan was always just changed to be you two being here so I could. <laughs> yeah, again. Uh, SNL, if they made a parody, <laughs> yes. that's what they would do. They'd be like, oh, never mind. <laughs> I, what I originally meant to say is there to be two force it's John lives. Lovitz. John Lovitz yeah. as the emperor. Or when uh, uh, what's-his-face from the Spanish Inquisition rushes in, yes. there are three things that the Spanish Inquisition... <laughs> there is surprise. No, there are four things. You know, that's exactly how it was. Like That's like the... Now, again... Anyone with half a brain reading that part of the script would be like, um, JJ, you got to rework this part. This doesn't make any sense. Plus, an, a, a Star Wars fan reading it would be like, JJ, this has never been established before. No, it's not. That like you can you can you can suck the soul. Like it was a horror movie. Yeah, it was a mystical yeah. horror movie. He was sucking the souls out of people yeah, to, to give re- him to make his his fingers come back right um uh, so that was just the dumbest thing the other thing is is uh in my notes here um luke and leah knew ray was a palpatine oh because weren't they saying that that 
Luke and Leia basically knew that Ray was a Palpatine. They said Leia knew. Leia knew. Luke knew. Finn might have suspected it? No. Finn... I don't think Finn knew. But they implied Luke might have known, and Leia definitely knew. And it's like, that's stupid. Like... But so, so what was Finn trying to tell her then? Uh, well, I believe... So this is a whole other controversy. Oh, my God. That bothered me so much. So it was clear... Well, especially if you're pulling for the, the Finn Poe... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, was I was a thought, or if anything, I thought maybe, like, the only other thing I was thinking that I would have been fine with, even though, like, it would have been still sexist and horrible, is, like, what if, like... what What's her... Fa- oh, God. I just forgot. Kelly Marie Tran's character. Like, what if she was pregnant? Or Gross. something. You know? Yeah. Or, like, or, like, we're... We're getting married. I was thinking I would have been dumb, but but it's a dumb something. thing to say right before you die. So, but like, what, but why would you hold it back? There's the only thing that you would possibly hold it's back you love her. is because you love her yeah, and you're a, worried she. I'm a Poe faner for life, and, and and that is obvious to yes. me that that was the original yes. uh, thing. That's how Force Awakens started. That was started. one of the the spoo splatters on the whiteboard that they had. That they were like, <laughs> oh, remember in remember in episode seven, <laughs> the streaming <laughs> services that they had on the whiteboard. <laughs> I'm just reminded of uh, Silence of the Wolves when that, or not Silence of the Lambs when that, <laughs> yes. that, that, that guy like. Splatters. That's the sequel you needed. Um, so uh, yeah. So obviously Finn was wanting to say to uh, Ray that he he loved her, um, but um, uh, what's his face? J.J. Uh, Abrams has come out to say no. Actually, because this is in reaction right. to the criticism. Right. J.J. Uh, 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 is like, oh, I guess that is dumb, and this proves that J.J. <laughs> is, is a stupid person because he responds to the press on record saying, oh, no, 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 it wasn't that he was in love. It was that he had force powers. That was what he was wanting right. to say to... Because that's what you say Ray. right before you die. Hey, uh, just step I know we're about to die. It's just, I've got force powers too. <laughs> <laughs> and why would you uh, be secretive about it? It's not like Ray was super secretive about her force yeah. powers. Like, and why- couldn't this have helped the resistance? Right. Hey, by the way, everyone, I, ha- I think I forced like, I, I think, in fact, Ray, can you help me? Because yeah. maybe I could be helpful. Here. Right. Yeah. So this proves that JJ is not as smart as we've been holding him up to be. Yeah, I guess he, so. He has, like George Lucas, in a weird, weird yeah. way, had a few years oh, of genius man. and now is starting to show that he, he, <sighs> he randomly created some excellent I had so things. much hope after the Lost finale, but you're right. <laughs> well, he does two things well. The, the reason that I think people conflate his talent is because there's one key element to our enjoyment of movies that he totally understands. And that's how to direct an actor to say dialogue. He does understand how to do that. He knows that in your big sci-fi fantasy epic, you have to inject your dialogue with a lot of energy. George Lucas is like, he has like no energy. If you see him in interviews, he's always talking like this. Like he doesn't know how to get that. So that's why the prequels, everyone's like, they've took, taken a bunch of pills or something. And they're like sleepwalking. So this, that's why he I does get that. There's, that's true in the Star Wars film or Star Trek films. That's true in Lost. Like there's the very energetic performances. Yeah. And the other, like my favorite true. movie of his is Mission Impossible 3. The other thing that he knows how to do is to, and it's his whole thing. And there's a video about it. Everyone's Action. talking about it. So they're blue in the face. The mystery box. The mystery oh, box. Sure, sure. In Mission Impossible 3, the whole, the MacGuffin is like the most MacGuffin-y MacGuffin ever. It's the rabbit's foot. But in the yeah. context of Mission Impossible 3, yeah. that works. Because when you look at Mission Impossible 3, you're not, like, 
let's take the main character. And I do love Tom Cruise in those movies. I know I like said something about him before. I think he's a great Ethan Hunt because the way that those movies are paced and what you need from that character is really you need only two things. Do you believe him in the context of what he's doing? And do you understand his motivation? And those are very clear. So like J.J. Abrams just knows how to create a like a through line to like get you visually from point A to point B. And it's, he's not one to follow up on any questions that he provokes. He doesn't know how to do that. Yeah, fair. So other things about Palpatine, if Ray kills him, he says that he's going to take over her body. Uh, uh, what? Gross. Uh, two, why tell her in advance? So I, I agree with you. Now, there's two ways to look at this. One is that it's only if she kills him in hatred. And but, so, but in episode six, it was an emotional, not oh, a yeah, mystical thing. In episode six, and this is why I believe Chris Terrio and J.J. Abrams aren't actually fans of Star Wars. I don't think they understand what they I were agree. watching. In episode six, uh, the emperor is looking at Luke and say, you know, strike me down in anger yeah. or, and or kill Darth Vader. And your path to the dark side will be complete. Now, and, and by that, the way, is, that is handing yourself over to power, to hatred. Yes. And, uh, and he believes through his understanding that of other people that he's managed to pull over to the dark side is when you hand yourself over to hate, then you are on my side emotionally and I can manipulate you through, yeah. through discourse. It's not literally, I have taken over your body. And, and, in, episode, and way, in episode nine, he says, if you strike me down, then I get your body Yeah, in, in the <laughs> mystical like spell way. Right. And, and by the way, uh, there was no actual, so even though he was saying, strike me down, do it, do it. He wasn't going to let him kill him. But number one, we know this because Darth actually blocked the one strike that came close. And the emperor in the end had no intention of dying. He, he wasn't trying to die. If anything, if anything, he was willing to sacrifice Darth because he felt maybe Luke was more powerful. But the, in this one, it's not, it's the complete opposite it's like yeah no i want to die even though i went through all this trouble to like apparently be alive because my ghosty dude is gonna go inhabit your body uh, uh another terrible thing and you know i only caught this kind of so tell me if i had this right palpatine was saying i mean a lot of the dumb shit was just palpatine's lines by the way like he basically ruined the entire Star Wars universe in his in half of his dialogue. Um, but it was funny and not boring. Yeah, uh, I think he said um, every generation there's a bond between a Palpatine family member and a Skywalker. They family. didn't say that, did he? Did he say that? No, I hope he didn't say that. No, I don't. Okay. No, no. Every generation there is a uh, what's it called? A connective tissue force thing and between a Palpatine and a Skywalker. I don't think he said that. No? I really don't. I okay. don't, I don't I remember that. I feel like he God, said, did he, he say that between say that. a Sith and a Jedi? Maybe. Uh, maybe. Okay, so I'll Which scratch that. Which is still that. invented, by the way. I'll like, scratch that. Um, um, so here's the other thing. You know, So in my notes here, if Palpatine wanted to win, he wouldn't announce to everyone in the galaxy that he's back. So if he really <laughs> wanted to win, how easy would it have been uh, to just launch his, his Star Destroyers and like say, by the way, galaxy, all the Star Destroyers are now in place. No one knows where I am. And you're fucked. And by the way, I bet you that at, at many times they were considering not having it be one way or the other because that would have still been so much like, like the thing where I was saying where it wasn't really Palpatine would have been so much better in that case. Right. But I can forgive that to a degree. 
No, no, I can no, but, forgive but, that. But, but Colin, what I'm saying is this. It's one thing to use propaganda to your advantage, right? To send mm-hmm. this message and then make people believe, wait a minute, is Palpatine back? But of course he's not back, but you're using it to your advantage. Yeah, that would have been cool. And, and it would have been interesting if it was actually Kylo doing it. Yeah. yeah. It's another thing for you to have a whole bunch of hidden ships waiting to strike and being like, by the way, I'm hiding over here. <laughs> like, yeah. what? Um, but given what has been established about Palpatine, I feel like that's not the worst thing. Let me explain. So one of my, like, I, I love uh, James Bond movies. To me, they're like very simple and like escapist films for me. Yeah. Um, and the the Pierce Brosnan one called Tomorrow Never Dies has this villain that's very campy, played by Jonathan Price, one of my favorite actors. And he was like the, the evil religious man in Game of Thrones. Yeah, I just saw him on stage. He's great. But the the villain in that is like a media mogul and he likes to have an audience. There's even a scene where like, the Bond girl played by Michelle Yeoh is like captured. And then the one of the, he's like, Oh yes, bring her to me. And then the guy's like, are you sure you want her up here? Like she's a trained assassin. Like, are you sure? And he's like, Oh, it's my business. I like an audience. And I feel like that's a little bit of Palpatine too. No, because in it three, is not. yeah. Cause in like, yeah. Cause in like, Palpatine no, no, Palpatine's the, the opposite like, of that. Palpatine is literally the opposite opposite of what you're saying. He not only worked in the shadows when he was still Senator, whatever, Palpatine, but then we never even saw him in Star Wars. We barely saw him in in Empire. And then in return, no one interacts with him except fucking Darth Vader and the Red Dudes. So no, he doesn't do audiences. He doesn't broadcast himself. Well, we don't know that. He doesn't give speeches. We never saw it. Well, yeah. Never saw it. we We do hear Darth Vader and other people talking about the emperor and the Senate, you, you hear about, which is the best way to talk about those sides of the story instead of actually showing them in episode one through three, yeah. which is there are conversations between the emperor and the He never the brought attention to himself in that way. Well, we don't know. But he's, a sadi- but he's sadistic in the sense that he likes, he gets off on, <laughs> I mean, not to go back to the streaming service, but he gets off on like people's pain, right? And so he's watched, like in episode six that is established with Luke. And that's, you know, he's torturing him with lightning instead of killing him quickly because he likes to see it. He wants to linger in like, I've won. don't disagree. he does that in three too. I I don't disagree with that part. But look, and just to give a little credit where credit is not due because the scripts weren't actually this deep. the, The sense I get as a fan is that the Empire even though it was evil and cruel, it was sort of uh, efficiently run, right? So in other mm. words, the emperor wasn't a chaotic psychopath. Uh, he wasn't trying That's to true. burn the world. The thing was yeah. running, it was working. So He's what not was the his motivation? And again, this isn't actually in the scripts or the movie, so I'm giving them more credit than is due. But in reality, the thing is, he had like this private enterprise about power with him and his Sithness and his Darth Vader. But overall, he still wanted to be in control of, of things in an organized fashion, where... Mm-hmm. in this case, what we're arguing is like, he's kind of just kind of demented. Now you can make that argument because maybe since he almost died, now he's crazy, but it's just so dumb. Yeah. They didn't even explain that. So other things here are, you know, so it's, it's a dark side act for Ray. This is the major plot point for Ray to kill Palpatine. Um, But Palpatine is threatening to kill billions of people in the galaxy. So it's a dark side act to end the threat right. to billions of innocent people around the world. Um, so by that definition, you should never kill a stormtrooper. You should never shoot one. You know, you should never, that's all dark side act. 
Right. So, so, you know, cause that's Palpatine's big thing is like, if right. I can get Ray to do the dark side, then I can take her soul and move into her body or whatever. And it's like, that doesn't make any sense. Um, uh, let's see. So in episodes, as I'm reading my notes, so in episode six, Palpatine could have just sucked Luke's life. Right. So there's all yeah. these powers that suddenly are given in episode nine yeah. that across the board, Luke can now, now force ghosts can interact with the world. So this is, I'm just going to go off. Of well, we saw it in episode eight to be fair. And I was already, a little I didn't bothered like that. By that. I didn't and like in that. episode six, but because uh, Obi-Wan sits down on that log. Well, no, yeah. <laughs> we I also mean, see I, them. We also see them walking on the earth. You know, you could make excuses for that, but yeah, I didn't like it when you're talking about when Yoda called lightning down. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, you could okay. argue, you could argue that Yoda, just knew lightning was coming or something, you know what I mean? Like it, it wasn't clear, but like this notion that, so now force ghosts can, and maybe always could interact because they didn't say why now they can. Right. So it's possible they always could. So all the past Jedi, Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan. They uh, could have been helping this they, whole time. It, it, Cause they can, literally transport anywhere in the galaxy right. at, a, at a, a second by second. Right. They can do. They can be inside walls. They're unaffected by fire and lasers. Right. They can do anything they want, and yet they can bring down the thunder. And uh, so they have just been not helping. They're it's just. The whole, it's the whole like. Well, when you're, heaven, the you're only busy with other things. <laughs> I think that it's okay. So in a, I'm going to defend it just a little bit. I don't think it was executed well, but they were. I think trying to set up the. Sith equivalent that Palpatine represents with Rey. So it's something that possibly it was only capable because of her existence. Because like, if, as if we're going to go by what the script is telling us, Palpatine is like the arbiter of all evil Siths. So I can see when you're creating a script that's made like a Saturday morning cartoon, because it did feel very like in a Saturday morning cartoon, you can't kill off characters really. So like, that's why like, Oh, Chewie has to come back. C3PO has to come back. Like I get, I was getting into like, Oh, I felt like I was, I'm watching this in the nineties and I'm, you know, 10 years old again. So I felt like they were doing that with Ray and that's why all the Jedi suddenly were able to do these. That's when they were able to come back. I'm not saying I mean, you well can, done. you can write a reason, but it doesn't make it clean because like, for no, example, uh, one of, see, the, granted, not as egregious as the following, but so you remember Chipmunk jumping Yoda fighting with his what? lightsaber oh. in, in episode two, right? <laughs> yes, um, yes. And okay, so what bothered me so much and it hurt me deeply is that I really bought into their bullshit when I was a kid because it was this, this Eastern philosophy of like the Kung Fu movie where in the 37th chamber, they're not jumping like chipmunks. They're actually sitting quietly and their power has transcended these mundane physicalities. So Yoda, his power wasn't jumping around athletically. His power was in the mind and how strong mm -hmm. his mind was. And instead, George Lucas is misunderstanding his own his own influences throws all that out and be like wouldn't it be cool to see him jumping around like a chipmunk right it's the same with palpatine palpatine uh even through episode one through three uh, except for when he goes you know full snake mode in episode three um he was very good at manipulation yes. and he and you really don't even see him using uh mind control powers right um he's just he knows what anakin his weaknesses. He plays the long game. Yeah, and and he see you know he's pl pulling all these strings. 
that is a compelling story. Not that he is tapped into magical fucking forces that have never <laughs> been established in this world. Yeah. It's basically mm-hmm. a magical world with spells and spirits and souls and and zombies and and dumbass stupid shit. Okay, another thing is is now all of a sudden and JJ basically broke his own movie of episode seven. Why was Snoke involved at all? Yeah. And one, why did you have to make him a clone? I mean, like, like there's so many, again, if you, if if SNL wrote a script, you would just be like, okay, how can we make the dumbest, like a storyline? So let me get this straight, Palpatine. Your ultimate goal. (laughs) A clone with a scar, by the way. (laughs) Your ultimate goal was, okay, you build all of these Star Destroyers with, with Death Star guns on it, which is the dumbest thing. Again, breaks all the rules. Uh, but whatever, okay, you know, you can wave your hand, there's new technology, whatever. Um, so your your goal is to take over the galaxy again. Okay, so you secretly build all these star stores, which can alone just, uh, just that could win. If and you, you spread them all over the galaxy, you're done. You, well, and based on how many rebels there are at this point, they, they're so overpowered, it's ridiculous. Right, yeah. and, and, you, and you just threaten, like, we will, I will blow up, half of your home planets. Hey, by the way, each one of them surrender. has a Death Star right now. Right. Every, every one of those planets has a Death Star parked right yeah. off of its you know, horizon. You're mm-hmm. all dead. If, if, okay. So, so he says, hmm, I can do that. Right. Or I can start cloning these weird-ass creatures. <laughs> that look suspicious as all get out. Yeah. That, <laughs> that are, um, you know, very powerful in the Force themselves, by the way. Right. Extremely, Extremely powerful. Uh, yeah, like, more powerful than Rey and Kylo combined. Right. Um, and then I'm going to have him uh, start socializing this kid, the, you know, the Ben Solo, who yeah. is questionable in his abilities and also... Uh, potentially, uh, you know, could be influenced by yeah. the, by the light side. He's being trained by the light side as we speak. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I'm going to get Snoke, and I'm going to develop this relationship between Snoke and Kylo, and then I'm going to uh, create. Uh, I'm going to the first order is going to be in business. And they're going to have abilities that are far below a fleet I already have. And none of them will know about me. And none of them will know about me, except even Snoke. though even though Kylo. Hux, all of them would be creaming their pants if Palpatine was back. Yeah. And all the other, uh, you know, sympathetic old empire people would be like, Palpatine's back. Holy oh my shit. Gosh, what do we do? You sign us. Like if, Hitler, if Hitler came back. It, right. So just to give an example, Hitler is a zombie, which sounds stupid, right? Right. Because it is. Right. And he has a secret, uh, you know, huge... Automated, automated robot army that's in Bavaria in the Gigantic, mountains. Gigantic, all nuclear powered. And he's trying to rally the Nazis around the world. And he creates this random, like, racist guy who has a German accent <laughs> a note that looks nothing like Hitler, but kind of reminiscent of Hitler, trying to rally the troops. That is the dumbest thing. Hitler, dude, like... Just tell us your bad. Just go on the internet. Like, you will get so much more support. So... So that was his, that was JJ breaking his own script in episode seven. Well, I don't think he necessarily did. The reason why is because I think it was broken from the beginning. And here's why. So we don't really have any context when you, I'm going all the way back to the Force Awakens. We don't have any idea 
where the first order came from. It's never explained how they get funding. It's never explained how Snoke got into power. Um, and so this brings up the like, really what should have happened is what Umberto was saying is there should have been, because at the end of six, as far as we know, I know there have been spinoff books. I know there've been like video games and stuff. There's other lore for sure. But as far as we know, the next chapter after Emperor blows up, Death Star blows up, the galaxy is happy. There's celebration. At Rebuilding. The end. Presumably, the, yes, presumably the empire is in shambles. So yeah. it's not, they're not the status quo. Yet that's no. how they're portrayed in episode seven, which yeah. is weird. So I could understand that Palpatine, as the person who lost the war for the empire, would need a new face. But if they had established that in seven, it might have worked. And that's why it didn't work. Yeah. yeah. Plus, coming back to life ruins the story. Yeah. Uh, force ghosts that can, that can interact with the world. Basically, literally no one has died. Through episode one uh, through nine, no, no one, one has died. No one is dead. No one's dead. Everyone's still alive. Oh, and by the Leia's way, Leia's still alive. Yeah, totally. Palpatine, Luke, Jar Jar's still alive. Jar Jar, Padme. <laughs> no, she's still alive. Oh, man. Sure. Everyone's alive. I'm sure she's still alive. Everyone lives. <laughs> no way, one is dead. If you were going to do the Palpatine thing, which I really didn't want you to do, you had had to have that plan from the start and you had to start it in episode seven. In fact, that's okay. If you wanted to do this and it's unadvisable, that's what I would have done. Episode seven starts with the good guys, quote unquote, in power, the cracks showing through in a couple of key scenes, the, the terrorist attack, and the terrorists are just a little ragtag band of Kylo Ren and his buddies. Yes. They mm-hmm. come across some Voldemort style shambles of an emperor thing. And then, yes, there's a little bit of magic, which might piss off Kirk, but like at least start doing that. Instead of like at the last second in a crawl telling us, by the way, everything you've seen matters not, there's a new emperor in town. Kirk, do you take issue with like magic and Star Wars? Yeah, I mean, so in the cartoon, there's a, there's a fair amount of magic and mysticism, which, mm-hmm. I, which you're, you're like watching right now, right? Uh, Colin, you're watching it? Well, I got sidetracked by other shows, including okay. The Mandalorian, which is like my new favorite thing. But anyway. Yeah. So the, yes, the, I'll car- get back to it soon. the cartoon has, and I was worried that both The Mandalorian and or the Star Wars uh, uh, storyline would start to incorporate some of the stuff in the cartoon. The cartoon can be very grounded. Like they'll follow some clone warriors on a mission that is very small. There's like just, you know, blasters and a few grenades and they'll, they'll, they'll have it be very contained. There are other episodes where Yoda goes to the center of the galaxy, which is the center of the force, and faces these, like, these uh, different aspects of the force that are manifesting as ghosts and stuff. And they're essentially, they go into another planet where there's essentially gods, um, like in um, uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. uh, with the dad oh, who was... Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there, there's certain kind of things like that. Now, in the cartoon, I wasn't jazzed about those episodes. But it's a cartoon. But I was like, that's oh, a cartoon, and you're you ha- and it's a it's not one. Of, it's not like Mandalorian where you only need eight episodes. There's there's probably like thirty episodes a season or twenty five or something. And so, you know, you're you're scraping for ideas because sure. otherwise you just run out of stuff to do. Um, but I was like, well, surely they'll never do this in the movies because the movies have a different kind of feel to it. And although I can accept that these are all in the same world. I, in my head, I kind of keep them separate. So in the movies, uh, episodes one through nine, 
the the magic element has has never been introduced, um, or at least um, when it did, it was very very subtle. Well, the the magic is ex- the force is the magic, and it is grounded on things that are so day to day relatable. In fact, I think that's one of the things why us as kids could envision ourselves maybe having Jedi powers because it's just like you might move that water bottle right. with your mind. So mm-hmm. in, epi- in episode five, when Luke goes into the force cave on Dagobah, I, I've actually never liked that scene because that to me rings of magic. It, it sounds like Lord of the Rings crap, you know? And I, I don't want that. I don't want that really in any of my productions. Like that's why Lord of the Rings is actually kind of cool because even though it's fantasy, there's not, a, there's not a ton of magic. But the scenes that have a ton of magic bother me. Like when the, the army of the dead come, it's just like, okay, like what? Um, so there uh so yeah, the, the magical elements of Star Wars were all splattered all over that whiteboard in episode nine. And I, every time I was rolling mice, even though I can accept that in other iterations of the Star Wars uh, product, it, you know, it shows up sometimes. Yeah. Okay. So let's go on to some other things in my notes here. Um, now we're in the section that I'm uh, titling just dumb. So these are, these are just dumb things. When 3PO, so first off, the Senate made a law that 3PO can't translate the Sith language, which, uh, you know, is pretty dumb uh, because he's, he's, it's okay for him to do all these other things that he did with the rebellion, like treason and uh, accessory to murder and thievery and stuff. But you can't say, you can't use the Sith language, which is just a language. It's not magical. Well, wasn't it implied that, because something happened to 3PO when he did it, like, he got all, like, red in the face. Which was, he got, yeah, so that was another thing. Okay, (laughs) my eyes rolled back into my head and almost fell out of my face when his eyes turned red. So let me get this straight. (laughs) They put in little red light bulbs in the case that he actually speaks Sith. Yeah, so so the designer of C-3PO, which was Darth Vader... (laughs) <laughs> which was Anakin. Anakin made from parts, C-3PO. From parts. So that maybe the implication is that there were some standard parts he borrowed. Okay, so some of the standard parts include <laughs> red light bulbs for Sith speaking. So whoever, uh, whoever designed the engineer was like, okay, so this, this you know, device, this, this droid thing, all the time it's going to have white, yellow light eyes. It's going to have these normal looking eyes. And all the other protocol droids will have the same color eyes because whenever we see other protocol yeah. droids. But in the rare circumstance, which is actually against the law, when they do speak Sith, which of course is against their programming and that'll never happen, but if someone manages to get around that, the eyes will turn red. <laughs> and it'll be like sit upright and like his voice will change and be creepy. Yeah, so this is another misunderstanding of the world of star wars you're confusing lord of the rings or a mystical or a horror movie (laughs) you're basically implying that the sith when you like you know it's a very classic uh horror movie trope where uh you find the necronomicon book (laughs) and someone's reading it and that invites the the demon into you and that's the whole premise of evil dead yeah Yeah. and it changes your it changes your eyes and your voice changes because a demon is inside of you. So someone, the writers and the directors and all the fucking yes men around these people were like, yeah, that's, that's the same cool. universe. When C-3PO reads the evil dead language, he becomes rigid, his voice changes, and his eyes, his turn, eyes red. turn red. Like, again, 
if you were an SNL parody, I would understand because <laughs> you're, it's like, oh, I get it. You're like mixing the genres. That does, no one would ever write that right. into a movie. Yeah, my eyes were just complete. You well, know. all droids have a Sith mode, like in Toy Story. You know how Buzz has Spanish <laughs> mode. It's like yeah. yes. Mode, so. uh, let's see <laughs> what else mode. here. Oh, the Han Solo, uh, the you know the Harrison Ford scene was uh, again. My eyes, if they weren't already on the floor, they were at this point. Okay, you know, uh, I get. I get. Afterwards, I thought, oh, I get it. You know, they wanted a revisit of Kylo with his father and his mother to, you know, I heard some speculation where they actually wanted a scene between Leia and Kylo. That's what I heard too. But because, well, sure. but because Leia was dead, they, they couldn't do that, which sounds funny to me because it's like, well, they were already using weird footage. They could have had her the back of her head, the way they were doing sometimes and have a voice actress, like say the words, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it, they weren't, it wasn't like impossible. So they're like, well, we need someone. Okay. How about Han? Um, you've never had a scene tonally like that in star Wars before, right? Where the memory force ghost, a non force ghost comes back to life and interacts with somebody like, and for the first five seconds, because I I was so dis because this is far into the movie, I was so disillusioned by all the breaking of Star Wars, the Star Wars universe. Yeah. I was like, oh, I guess Han Solo's alive. Like I was, I thought Han. You literally so thought Han was alive. Yeah, because <laughs> well, there was there were so many other absurd things that had happened. I was like, oh, okay, well, okay. <laughs> I guess I guess that's what's happening now. Or Han right, you may as well case. bring Harrison Ford back. Yeah, I mean, I I think that not to talk about strippers again, but that was like the scene where he's when they had him like touch his face. That's very much like remember when your dad touched your face. You know what I mean? Like remember that scene where yeah. I died and like yeah. so yeah. so it's a very I can see how in the moment like for me when i watched it the first time i again was watching the show the the tease show and it worked on me and then i watched it again because i've seen the movie twice and it didn't work for me and it's mm -hmm. very much like i have to say that the only reason that scene survives at all is because adam driver is just such a good actor like he's totally committing to what is happening yeah. even though it really is kind of something out of like a play that somebody would write in high school yeah other things here are the horses on the spaceship was, uh, I mean, again, if, if you, if SNL wrote a, a parody, especially given that the horses scene in episode eight was, it's like, th this was an indictment on Ryan Johnson's yeah. script and you, you, and you got go rid worse. of the good things and kept the bad things. And you go worse. Yeah. Like if you, like you have what, what horses, horses on a planet. Yeah. The next one is horses on a spaceship outer space like arguably that that um, that beat was the climax of the entire movie oh like everything that was that was the <laughs> that was luke skywalker with the torpedoes into you yeah. know the exhaust shaft yeah that was that moment where they managed to blow up that antenna yeah, thing yeah. right and so uh the and it was horses <laughs> well and it was it was so space. creatively baffling because like i can see you know i've already talked about how i, oh, I can man. see where you're scrounging for the big bad where some of the palpatine stuff could weed itself in but there's no there was nothing that called for it at the time it's not like we have nothing we have nothing to do in this for this scene like why even do it where was the need <laughs> 
who right. brought that up in the meeting? Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Again, a Star Wars fan, any Star Wars fan would have been like, um, I don't know if that's a good idea. Yeah, nah. You know what would have made it good for me, though, is if one of the writers was Jar Jar. Yeah. Then I would have been on board. Oh, <laughs> if he was one of the voices when Ray's hearing all the Jedi, oh, you can do it. Like, that yeah, you son don't have to be alone. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, so another thing. That- oh, that would have been so funny. Jar Jar's <laughs> one of the, I didn't get what you were saying. Jar Jar's one of the Jedi, Jedi voices. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you're so, so close to beating the big bad guy. <laughs> Oh God. Okay. So, um, now again, if that, if, if Jar Jar was in there, I I would not have been surprised. I mean, that's how, that's how bad this movie was. Again, just even that notion that somehow Palpatine is Darth Vader is all those bad people is like, what? Like, uh, what? Like what? Okay. So, um, the other thing here is, and this is a pretty obvious one that I almost fell out of my seat. They, they get this dagger that looks like a prop. It doesn't look like a dagger. It looks like a piece of foam. They reused it from some other movie, right? Some, yeah. some uh, Indiana Jones type movie. No, no, no. They went to Kmart. Like the mummy. They went to Kmart and bought a, you know, a kid's toy. And yeah, it's like, very Spencer's gifts. Yeah. It looks so dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like super thick and bulky. Like, it's it's essentially like a like a rod that is that made to look like a well, but knife. it's a Sith dagger. Yeah. <laughs> so so first off, I'm looking at that thing, going like, what? And and so it just looks dumb. And then the whole idea of like they're trying to find the you know Exegol or whatever, and like okay, they finally get there, and you know they're walking up to the to the wreckage of the of the Death Star, which is just ridiculous. I mean, you know anything about physics? The thing, yeah, like you said, there was bits everywhere. Plus. It would it would disintegrate yeah, and the impact and, and like, then even on the atmosphere. Let that's alone. true. Yeah, and that's then, true. And then for thirty years, it's in the ocean. Mm-hmm. It's just anyway. Okay, I can forgive that because there's there's other dumb things like uh, Starkiller sure. Base was pretty ridiculous sure. in terms of the physics as well. Sure. Whatever. But she pulls open. She pulls up the 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 knife. You all you all remember this. Holds it up to the thing and then sees this little tab and pulls this stupid ass little curvy thing that comes out and then holds it like up. a protractor yeah and then holds it up to what she's looking at and it points at this specific place okay which is so, not specific at all by the way yeah you okay the the second death star was like 10 times bigger than the first one yeah the first one was the size of a moon the second one was the size of a bigger moon yeah so you, it would be like standing on the moon, looking at Earth, yeah. and and you know, <laughs> holding and holding everything and going, like, "Oh, it's there!" It's and it's there. like, "Well, it's somewhere in Pennsylvania." Okay, <laughs> so that's that's okay, but you can forgive that, uh, whatever. And you can but, use the force to fi- figure out where to stand ahead of time. Fine, but what you <laughs> cannot forgive is that she just happens to be in the exact spot where that particular visual weird overlay corresponds with the spot where the, the force letter there man well, like, that's why it's garbage indiana jones because they don't even if they're referencing raiders of the lost ark they don't even understand that movie because right. the whole plot point is like the nazis were digging in the wrong place because their staffs were too short 
they Thanks. didn't do the right thing. So, you know what I mean? Like, and they and we're build talking about up. a difference you know? of like, we're talking about a difference of centimeters here. We're talking about a difference of like oh, of thousands God. and thousands of miles. Right. <laughs> and and it, I, when that happened, I, again, I was like SNL parody because, mm-hmm. you know, if you were trying to make fun of JJ, you'd be like, okay, well, what stupid ass Spielberg movie would you incorporate? How about Goonies? Yeah. This was an exact Goonies ripoff. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Like no one around JJ was like, dude, that don't, don't incorporate Goonies into this. But, but seriously, you already have the force, right? Which the one thing that has been well established is that you can sense certain things with the force. Wouldn't it have been more accurate, easier, whatever you want to call it, that she could stand and try to sense dark force stuff. Like, I would have believed that more than she could hold a protractor and be like, oh yeah, there, there it is. Yeah. And why would you once again have a plot point that involves Daisy Ridley being her standing somewhere and staring? Like, she's good at it. I get it. She knows how to emote. She's <laughs> oh, yeah. brilliant at it. But she's also, always, there's a compilation video out there somewhere. I, I don't know if it's been made yet, but it should, where she's just staring at things. Like, <laughs> I, I will also say the, the other thing is as far as hiding it, like, you know, you're the emperor. You're like, oh, where should I put this thing? Ah, I know the throne room because no one would ever expect that I would put something that belongs to me that's important in my throne room. <laughs> but uh, I could see him doing that. Anyway, I'm not going to defend the emperor anymore. Well, then, but then why do you need a whole dagger and stuff? Because it'd just be like, hey, psst, I put it in my throne he's room. He's playing. The emperor is like a little kid. He's just playing with everybody's lives oh and wants gosh. people to die. Okay, I'll yeah. stop. And, 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 also, and also, you know, episode seven suffer from this too. This whole idea of like, in order to have a map of the galaxy of which everyone understands because you're star faring, you know, races, you, yeah. you need, uh, you only one particular file has that map. Like it, anyway, Hux uh, suddenly is a spy and then he suddenly dies. That whole, I, I won't go into details, <laughs> but that I, I just remember completely rolling my eyes with that too. I thought, my God, uh, like again, if an SNL parody did that, <laughs> wouldn't it be funny if Hux was a spy? And then we just, like without any kind of preparation, uh, we at just all. I think there should have been three more spies. Like, just, I'm just, the spy, and then the British guy, the evil bitch. I'm I thought I was the spy. spy. Yeah. I was the spy, and then the the horse. One of the horses turns around. I'm the spy. Yeah. I drink your spy. <laughs> I, I drink your. Spy. <laughs> um, the snake I thought was really hokey. I mean, uh, one they go into quicksand. Okay, that was kind of interesting, and then they pop out the bottom. Huh? At the exact spot they need to be right and then there's a there's a giant snake that you know i just i just it well just that's dissolving so, tension again that's jj abrams oh all so of our goofy. main characters are sinking into the sand all of them what is going to happen yeah. all of them fine the next answer, answer, answer yeah. me this guys were there crews on those star destroyers yeah yes yeah so they show they show they don't establish how they got there but then they show footage of them like in the spaceships yeah. so all the Star Destroyers were fully manned by like Sith people, right? <laughs> Why did you need the antenna to control? Them? Oh, no, no. The antenna was because remember navigating that those outer reaches, outer rims, whatever. That's really perilous. And you needed that little Horcrux device. Uh, the, the Triforce. Yeah. The Triforce. Well, so the, the antenna thingy was going to help those things navigate. 
Yeah, yeah. That's and right. the rebels had figured it out and uploaded it to their computer, which they could have done too. True, that's which is yeah. Why it were the rebels apart. able to be like, "Oh, it's cool. We've da- we've uploaded the information to our computer." Mm-hmm. These guys can't. Right. Yeah. Uh, again, it's a magical Saturday mystical, morning cartoon. Well, it's a magical mystical idea that so even if that the, a, a yeah. device can is the only and there's only one of them. Only, by the way, even if it wasn't manned by people, you're telling me that each computer couldn't have been fed the same information, right? Or that you could just be like, oh, by the way, we lost uh, the thing, the Horcrux. Um, <laughs> everyone, make sure you kill everyone, and then we'll figure it out later yeah, because yeah. it can't be that hard to navigate space. Yeah, even for, at for a, right now, we don't need to get out of here. Just first kill all these people. Yeah, like it's fine. We, we've lost, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, Finn having force powers, I thought was stupid. I mean, it was just like... Did he have force powers? Yeah, he could, because, sense, he could sense shit. Well, but, I... But I felt like, wasn't that just like him connecting to ray like her force power oh maybe no i don't know i would, I would have been okay because they started it in episode but jj seven. said uh in a interview after what he wanted to tell ray was that he had force right powers. that that is dumb but i do that him saying that at that moment is dumb but i thought that even in episode seven they started they started previewing the idea that maybe finn has force powers because in he what scene lightsaber I didn't catch that at all. I saw him as Not a, with, when he was fighting Kylo. I didn't get yeah. that. I, ha, I saw him as well, a scrappy guy who, yeah, who was, but you're not supposed to be able Kylo to use a lightsaber because you'll cut yourself can. if you don't have force powers. Han Solo but, used a lightsaber to open up the Tauntaun. No, that's different. Yeah. That's like one little, no one's fighting you. You're just and, using and the thing. And Finn failed horribly. No, but what I'm saying Are, is like, you can't swing a lightsaber around without cutting off your arms. Yeah. Um, the other mm-hmm. uh, part is like, okay, so let me get this straight. Uh, Palpatine's uh, son or daughter gets married, has has some kids, has a kid, um, and then the emperor, the empire falls. And as a kid of the emperor, you're now worried about your yourself and your kid. You're worried that the rebels are going to seek you out and kill the granddaughter of Palpatine just out of spite, right? even though Luke Skywalker is literally the son of Darth Vader. Yes. As if you, there's no notion of redemption. Obviously the, the kids of Palpatine were good. Okay. So, so there's no, that doesn't make any sense. Um, there are apparently places in the galaxy that you can hide. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's clearly understood. Jack who, you know, blah, blah, blah. So your plan is to sell your daughter into <laughs> slavery. <laughs> Oh, I know. Bad people. Yeah. So, not not so, try to live with her in hiding, number yeah. one. Not give her to a good family and, and then... Well, like, no. You know. so, so the parents didn't drop her off and then hand themselves over. They continued to try to hide. And <laughs> Why they, couldn't they have hidden with her? Right. Uh, <laughs> but even if they were... Well, he might have been able to sense her, right? Yeah, Is well, that right, what they were saying? Whatever. Well... So, well Fine, they can sense her. And Why not hide her. with her on that? If 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 they if that's right. a place he if Jakku is a place where uh, they can't censor, then both of all three of you can hang out there. Yeah. By by the way, like mm. like there's no parents that care about their daughter that are literally going to drop her off at like yeah. bad guys. But number two why sell her then and get money for her? Right. They got money <laughs> for her. So that's your. So again, this is J.J. Abrams. Uh, spewing on his whiteboard and all over his own script. You, you, 
it's just so fucking dumb. dumb. Again, if an SNL parody (laughs) was to be made, that's the joke you would make. Well, there's a... Go ahead, go ahead. So you can see the skit now. The two parents come with their child, right? Like, oh, look, uh, we got to, unfortunately, you know, we're being hunted. Our our daughter's being hunted. We're going to have to leave her with you. Like, oh, that's tragic. Yeah, so uh, how much will you give us for her? Wait, what? Oh, you want money? (laughs) Well, yeah, we're being hunted. I just explained. We're being hunted. Yeah, I got all that. But why are you selling her? Yeah. Why did they have to make them good. redeemable people anyway? Like, right. I felt like the whole like trajectory of Ray's arc is like your parents and what they do to you and their parents, your grandparents. Well, they because, do not define you. you no, know? no. That w- I will disagree because as we have seen in our own present day history, uh, sons and daughters of despotic rulers tend to turn out great. Yeah. Um, all the callbacks, I th- we've already gone over some of them, I thought were it was again a parody of star wars you know it all the lines that were just completely just copies of previous movies in yeah. episode 7 i understood why you needed to do it because you needed to you know ferry us forward into the future by calling back in in episode 8 there were very little there were some callbacks uh, notably you know the two sons scene which we got at the end of episode eight. Yeah. Also, you end the episode nine with it. The same thing. Yeah, like, same thing. it's like, come on, like use your brain. But um, they had the BB-8 motif, so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I didn't mind that she was like, you know, I'm Ray Skywalker. Like, that, that didn't bother me too much. I, it, I, by that point, obviously, I had, but they, again, they, they had lost. She took her husband Such a Kylo's name. <laughs> but it, oh god oh god you're <laughs> testing I, I do it strike me down i listen. can feel your anger <laughs> listen the contrived nature of the scenes even shines through because you, even in that scene you see like them their process okay how are we going to set up the scene well some random person we've never met before comes by and they just happen she happened to know the skywalkers or the, you know the 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 uncle Owen and stuff. Oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. It's like so contrived, you know. Yeah. The, the other contrived part of it is, the, you know, this this random person, you know, riding by is like, who are you? It kind of makes sense. It's like, what do you? I don't know who you are. Maybe it's a neighbor or something. Who are you? Um. Oh, my name's Ray. Ray, what? It's like, yeah, uh, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, like, who does that? By you know? way, do you remember all the neighbors in episode four? All the neighbors, they would gather around the, the Uncle Owen. No, there was no one. It's a yeah, yeah, desert yeah. planet. Right. No also, one lives where's nearby. The next, where's the next shot where she says, like, Ray Skywalker, and then it's just a cut to that lady. I don't know who the fuck that is. And she <laughs> yeah. just walks off. Right. That's true. Yeah. Uh, so uh, other things here are, uh, like, I would have accepted one or two of these new force powers that they introduced because they, they typically will introduce new force powers. Right. Technically speaking, episode six introduced the lightning force power. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But the onslaught of new force powers, which I will admit are in other iterations. For example, in Mandalorian, you have the, sure. the, the curing aspect, which I actually don't like because that basically means that Jedi could have always saved everyone all the time. Well, but we I, don't so, know what Baby Yoda is. Well, that has not oh, been established. Right. Well, I, I will say this: it's one thing for for a Yoda creature, especially mm-hmm. if they had treated Yoda with the respect that I thought he deserved. Blah blah blah. blah. Right. It's one thing for a Yoda creature that's mysterious to have some mysterious new Jedi power. Mm-hmm. 
but Ray can also do it and Kylo can also do it right. and everyone can do it. Right. They can all do it. Um, so, so that, so that breaks the world. Like yeah. the next iteration of, you know, the star Wars story. Yeah. If you have any Jedi in it, which I've of course, been shot. Oh no, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm Everyone's fine. In fact, you could be dead and I could bring you oh, back. Right, life. right. Or I could suck your soul out and enter your body. Like yeah. there's too many, magical options yeah so when Qui-Gon is dying there on Naboo he really should have instead of saying train Anakin he should have been saying Obi-Wan fucking heal me just put your hand on my chest think about it now if they had established somehow in episode nine why all of a sudden Uh, Ray has that power mm -hmm. then at least I still would not have liked it no but they didn't they basically just implied well this is what Jedi can do this is what they do yeah so then you you played the video games Kirk you can also (laughs) now use force heal now again, <laughs> I get that, and and when I play the video games, it doesn't bother me. Right. And but it's a matter of the movies have a different tone. Okay, so then the other thing is in episode eight they established that, um, but it's confusing to Ray and Kylo. It's like wait, so we can see each other? You know, at first they're confused. They're like right. you're here, and and it, it and they they but they let it breathe. You know, they yeah. they like this is a new thing. They're not really in control of it. Right. They sort of imply Snoke has some role in it, but it's sort of a, they let it breathe. You know, yeah. it's a new thing. It's, it's, a, it's an excellent plot device because yeah. you can't put, you want conversations between Ray and Kylo. But to you build, can't put them together. You the can't time. put them together because it's, it's silly, but you can't, and it, they build that tension so well, Ryan Johnson. In this one, they, they not only add the, the, the healing, which I think kind of breaks the whole thing, I, but, it, you know, when Kylo and Ray healed each other, I kind of like that. Um, but when they were healing the snake, I was just like, oh God. But anyway, because what if the snake is a terrible monster that kills people? Like anyway, the snake has its own spinoff, Kirk. It's coming yeah. out. <laughs> so the, the other thing is, is not only can you do that, but they can also, it's called um, Dune. they can also, <laughs> uh, uh, when they're in contact, they can touch each other. Uh, which is again, if that was the only thing they did, like when, she, when Kylo grabs the necklace, um, the other thing they can do is they can transport things to people. They can transport the lightsaber yeah. across a span. So now you, you can you can literally teleport yeah. items across the space. But just the, the space. two of them because they're force connected. Yeah. Um, you can also force suck soul out. You can also <laughs> you can also turn yourself into a zombie. You can also um, send lightning into right. space and destroy spaceships. Yes. You know, like billions, billions like of, yeah. thousands of spaceships. And if well, they needed their Holdo post- moment, right? They needed the right. the millennia, the whatever, the light speed thing that wrecks the entire fucking fleet. They, yes. they thought that that would be this <laughs> moment in that film. You know? Exactly. And if you're a force ghost, you can grab things, you can throw things, you can bring down lightning, you can do a whole bunch of other things. Yeah, it, 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 it's too much. Too much. It, it, yeah. Now, to the person on their Snapchat and, you know, facebook's looking up at the screen as you say colin i get it like they don't know what they're talking about and they they can't recognize a bad script and so so they're like woo wee but right. you know to <laughs> anyone that understands the star wars universe you're like uh wait what well, it's baffling it's mm-hmm. like if you you watch the hobbit and you're like okay so so gandalf is like able to kind of influence people and sometimes if the situation is right he can maybe Bring lightning down. Okay. Next movie comes out. They're fighting with ice and fire and earth powers and wind and everything. And everyone's got powers. <laughs> yeah. It, that was just terrible. 
Um, let's see. What else? What else can I? Uh, well, before we go back to to anything else, I, I was wondering what y'all thought of the Maz Kanata character because she's very baffling to me. Talking about like callbacks and references, she she seems to have some kind of magic box, like where she just pulls things from old movies out. Like in the yeah. first one, she had Luke's lightsaber, and in this one, she has the fucking metal. Uh, like, and yeah. she also in the second movie, she like knew the code breaker. She like. Yeah. She has access to all this information, but it's never explained why. She's not even a Jedi. So I just don't understand, I guess. But they imply she has force powers. Like she does have force powers. They imply that she can see things the way like like Yoda can, or, you know, like when she takes her goggles Uh off, she she can see inside your soul. I've seen those eyes before. Right. Okay. You know, okay, so that... Even though I loved uh, Force Awakens, there were a few things that bothered me a bit. Maskinata was one of them. It's part of, part of what bothered me is I actually didn't feel like the visuals of that character matched the voice they gave her. That was one of the things that bothered me. The other thing that bothered me is that she was a little too spunky and and like convenient, like a little bit too plot plot armor kind of thing, you know. But um, yeah. but you know they they only used her a bit in Force Awakens, so I was okay with it. Uh, but yeah, it is weird. Like all of a sudden she's got like these pivotal kind of influences and roles to play, but we don't really know why, where does she come up with this stuff? Yeah. She's, you know, she's a plot device. She, you know, she's the sage. She's like the Obi-Wan, you know, the, the Yoda, the person who, the wise person who can guide the heroes, but doesn't have the physical abilities. Yeah. Um, Ray levitates in the movie, right? She, she? she levitates herself. Doesn't she do that in the movie? I don't remember. Yeah, but yeah. she's she's training and she's levitating, and it's right. weirding me out because she looks less built than she did in the Last Jedi, and she looks younger. And they she's wearing the same thing. She's like they didn't give her like an outfit that's like new. Why is she wearing the shit that she wore on Jakku anyway? I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Oh, that's a good point. That was her clothing on Jak- Jakku. It's like if Luke Skywalker always wears his Tatooine outfit, even in Hoth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. The uh, the dumb thing about this is uh, again more force powers is essentially Jedi can fly because in now what they're trying to riff is Episode Five when Luke is training with, on Dagobah with Yoda. In this scene, uh, Luke is in a handstand and he's making rocks and R two D two levitate, and it takes tremendous uh, concentration. Yep. And he's not levitating himself. No, and it takes a Yoda, by the way, to lift uh, X-Wing. Right. Maybe she's lifting tiny grains of sand that are all under her legs. Yeah. They're pulling her up. I don't know. Right. And as she comes down, she does like a flip. Like she has dexterity yeah. while she's flying. So again, let me get this straight. So Jedi can fly. They can they, fly. They can't, they, now we know they can jump far. Right. right. No, no, now they can fly. They can just, <laughs> they can just fly. Yes. Like that's the new force power yeah, yeah. because we think it looks cool. Yes. And the Snapchatters won't notice that we're breaking the universe. Yes. <laughs> and so, I'm tired of the blast shield fucking helmet. Like when yeah. that happened in episode four, it was out of context. Like Obi-Wan's just like, they oh have God, time to dude. kill. Like, oh and suddenly God. like every Jedi ever uses I a blast know. shield. Now Why? Look- Look, it's one thing to say that Jedi used to blindfold themselves, you know, Why? try to take these senses out of the equation. Of course. But yes, that was a, a, a in the moment. In fact, a lot of the decisions they've been making ever since episode one, 
strips away at the significance of the things that we thought were actually really cool. Mm-hmm. And that's an example. It's like, no, that was Obi-Wan being creative in the moment to try to teach a lesson. That wasn't mm-hmm. a standard Jedi technique. Oh, another example of this bullshit. Obi-Wan wore desert clothing because he lived in the desert. But all the Jedis wear the same fucking clothing? Then and that's also he's in disguise. One. He's a right. Jedi in disguise. Right. That's a, a, Jedi. <laughs> a Jedi in disguise in standard Jedi issue gear <laughs> right. in the desert. Well and done, now in Obi-Wan. episode one, all the Jedis dress like Obi-Wan. Right. So we can pick holes in all the movies. <laughs> um, you know, the, the Ewoks are, you know, if I was an adult watching sure. episode six, I would have been like, oh boy. They're cute. Like Yoda. Yeah. Like Baby Yoda. We can oh, overlook bad dialogue in a show just Let's, because Baby yeah. Yoda is cute, right? But for me... Mm-hmm. I, oh, sorry. I, I've never, I've never seen any Star Wars product uh, except the holi- the holiday special, whatever Christmas special, <laughs> um, that made me feel as bad as Episode Nine did. And I'm glad you guys didn't have that experience. Um, I <laughs> well, am now, I mean, I, as you can see, I have a lot of rage about it. You had, well, you had that experience episode one, I guess, but even then, not the, when I first watched it. Yeah. No. Episode well, two. I just wasn't bored. Like, no. I, I think that for me, the worst thing a Star Wars movie can do is bore me because I know I'm not watching, you know, some amazing Shakespearean thing play out. It's, it's like, to some degree, I know that this is a movie that needs to reach everybody. So I understand, like, even I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to one more time bring up sex. So, like, even the relationships between all the characters are, like, simplified so that a child, like, nobody's really, it's never really clear in any of the Star Wars movies other than in the original trilogy. And then silly, you know, in a silly way in the, you know, prequels, like, who is in a relationship? Outside of, like, two main characters, even in those movies, there weren't anybody. So, like, everyone in this movie, like, it's never fully established. Yeah. Like what it's people, which levels are together. Get. You know what I mean? So it's like the level of storytelling, they're working on like a sort of, this is for children. So I guess that's, you know. So you're like pre-excusing the movie is what I hear a lot of these from you about this movie. It's like, well, yeah, because I was already <laughs> not thinking that. Okay. That, and that's, I can see where you're coming from. For me, I got to say, I don't remember how I felt in all truth. I, I don't remember how I felt exactly when I first saw episode two and three. I know that episode three, I actually thought was entertaining. Like I was like, mm-hmm. okay, this is, this is better. Like that's how I felt. Other than Darth Vader going, no. And Amidala dying because she gave up the will to all oh, that's bullshit. I actually was entertained in episode three. I remember feeling, and I remember fe- going out of the movie going, okay, if, if the first two had been more like this, you know, that kind of thing. And I know when I watched episode one, the first time I liked it right? I don't know about episode two. I don't remember. But I will say this. In episode seven, in episode eight, in Rogue One, I cried. I, and I know you guys did. In this movie, I didn't even come close to shedding a tear, and that's a bad sign. Yeah, so my question, well, go go ahead, Colin. No, I, I mean, I just, I think that, like, for me, some of the, even though there are flaws in the other Star Wars movies, like, they do, they do have a lasting they're resounding in some way and they stick with me versus like this one right now it's a six. I don't think that's going to be the final number. I I don't see episode nine as being very rewatchable for me. Like it's going to burn out because that's the kind of script that it was. It is, it was not built to last. And really of these only the first two of this new trilogy were anyway, go ahead, Kirk. So the question I have for myself is to did episode nine 
ruined Star Wars for me <laughs> because uh, so I was reading that book that that is the in between yeah. eight and nine book. I wasn't done with the book, and I was frantically trying to finish the book before yeah. seeing episode nine. I have not gone back to that book. Oh no! Because I don't want to. I don't want to know. The, you don't want to invest. I don't want to know the in between because because I don't think those authors were on the same page. I think the book yeah. writer actually was writing an actual sequel yeah, to episode to eight, episode whereas eight. episode nine is this complete departure. Um, you know, I'll tell you that, that so an episode of this book, um, which makes logical sense, like I said, they go to Twilight, they, you know, it's a small band of people. It's, it's right after episode eight. And one, and one of the things they're doing is Leia is like, Poe, you need to learn how to lead well. And, oh, um, nice. and, and, and the other thing that they do is we need, not only do we need, uh, you know, help, but we need leadership Yeah, um, because all of our leadership is dead. And so, uh, like what, Akbar is dead. Right. So they go on a mission to save and rescue these, um, these prisoners who are all former Ex- leaders of, yes. of the, of the new Republic. Oh, this sounds great. And Poe and, uh, and Finn and a bunch of other people, a small band of scrappy yeah. rebels, uh, uh, try to free these people. And the book also follows a few new first order people mm-hmm. at, as they try to work up the ladder in the first order. Mm. And so, um, it, it was a, it's an interesting story, right? And yeah. it makes sense given episode yeah. eight and could have been at least amplified part of the, you're right. Yeah. And but like, I, yeah. go ahead. No, I just, I feel like you might feel differently if it's a script or a book or a game or whatever. That's not tied to these stories. Totally. Right? And, and, but at the very least, what I'm saying is that I have not gone back to the book yeah. that I was, that mm. I was fully into yeah. just before watching the movie. And that's a bad sign. That means like, I'm <sighs> worried about my relationship with this world, which is dear to me. I got to tell you that might have a lot to do. So the way I felt after I, I fully comprehended what episodes one through three had done to my view of star Wars, I think influenced why I didn't watch clone wars, why I didn't actually play all the game. I played Knights of the old, which I really enjoyed, but I, uh, I actually feel like I got soured on anything other than the original trilogy. And I still love the original trilogy. I rewatched those movies recently, all three of them. They're very rewatchable. Episode four is so good. Episode five is so good. Episode six is good. And they're rewatchable. And I love them. And I, I can just keep that in my heart and know that I have a version of that universe that they can't get from me. Yeah, let me give a parallel of script writing. So this is when Lucas could still actually write a script uh, in episode six, which has some issues. But you look at the main storyline of our scrappy three. You, you got Han, Luke, and Leia. They have to go to the Endor moon and break into the, the shield uh, right. center. Take down the shield. They have to take down the shield so that the fleet can come in. Um, the main story of a lot of time is spent on that forest uh, moon. Yeah. And there's a lot of interaction between Leia and Luke and, and, and C-3PO and the, this one Ewok. And it, it, it luxuriates in that space yeah. on one planet. You got the speeder bikes, which are so yeah. awesome. Mandalorian. Oh, the speeder bikes. Yeah, and Mandalorian had the speeder bikes. <sighs> and so so um, they could have written 
five different planets the yeah. way that they did in right. episode nine. Right. Uh, you know, but they did characters, throw more characters in more. Let's add, yeah, let's add, yeah. let's introduce five new characters. Let's yes. get rid of some others and let's jump from planet to planet. Um, let's have C3PO, uh, turn his eyes red and let's, let's ruin star Wars for and us. Lando but, just has like a cameo every now and then like, yeah. Oh, I'm still here. Yeah. But he's not like even in the movie, but instead <laughs> you have this pretty good script of the moon. You have Luke going to, uh, Darth and the emperor. You have, uh, the fleet trying to, you know, make their plans to blow up the, you know, it, it's, it all works in concert and it's, it's simple. It's not Absolutely. complicated. Oh, and by the way. And there's I, no knife with a thing that comes out that points to a, a magical <laughs> horcrux. Someone I was listening to made this point. Um, in Return of the Jedi at the beginning, the way they set up for us that Luke is now advanced a lot in his training and is a way more powerful Jedi takes place really briefly in one scene, and it's a very effective scene. He comes into Jabba's palace and immediately, easily, with no effort, force chokes the two Gamorrean guards and we get this sense of like whoa game changer here and then he goes up to Jabba and he's like you can tell he's not like his like reckless young no he's like very calm and collected and he's got these new uh, new abilities they don't spend a whole time in exposition it's nice it's very nicely written Mm -hmm. and when he gets down with the rancor he's just a guy with, with in a he doesn't have new magical powers right he's just a he's in threat and he has yeah. to physically figure out a way to get out of that yeah. situation um absolutely well that's i mean i think that's a i don't know if i'm being totally accurate because when you start talking about a type of film or like a, a budget level of film and you start you know putting uh, you start connecting all of them based on one particular element. It, it's, it gets a little muddled and because and you find that there are examples that contradict what you're about to say. But what I'm about to say is I think something that made this, this over the overall effect of this new movie a little muddled, which is something I felt from some of the lesser Marvel movies and just movies in general. Like I recently watched Hobbs and Shaw. I feel like the, physics of what a human can do like because of cg and because of how not i don't want to say easy but because of what you can do with a computer i think filmmakers forget about the physics of a human body what it can go through i mean even in this movie like kylo ren's ship blows up tumbles and he just walks out like nothing happens i get so i'm just saying in like in this scenario it's like well some of the stuff that's happening, like the, like the Rancor is a great example. You have one man, and because you're limited by what you can do, you're going to, as a filmmaker, get inventive about what could Luke do. But when you have everything at your fingertips, well, we'll just throw in a new power. He can just have a new power. And it's, it's making characters, I don't want to use the term Mary Sue because I think it's a little derivative and it's, it's sort of toxic in its own way. But like, we can't attach to so many characters because we don't feel that they're in real danger. Real danger is tough Absolutely. to come by in a big budget action movie now. You know? Yeah, it's very well said. Yeah, that's nail on the head. Um, I am a big uh, noticer and criticizer of stories and art and movies and TV shows that do not make me worry about the character. That is a that is a in an action movie. That is a you know in a drama. It's not necessarily that way, but in an action movie. Yeah. You have to worry about your hero. You Dude, have to worry. So true. They have to be vulnerable. Beginning of, of uh, Empire, right? Right off the bat, Luke gets fucked up by the, the Wampa. 
yeah. right? Like his face is destroyed. He's hanging upside mm-hmm. down and you know, he's like starting to have force powers, but he doesn't all of a sudden shoot lasers out of his eyes. And then, uh, when the empire arrives with the Adats, uh, they just walk all over the rebels, you know, and that's yeah. right. And, and some transports get blown up and you're just like, holy what shit. What are they going to do? Like that's, they're, they're, they're in a very fragile spot. And so Luke's, Luke gets his hand cut off, you but, know, but Luke just stands in the snow. Like here's, if they were writing it now, Luke would stand in the snow and with one hand, he would crush all the ad yeah. and then shoot lasers out of his eyes. Yeah. No, Obi-Wan would have come back as a zombie. <laughs> anyway, let's switch gears for two minutes. Let's talk about Mandalorian. Okay. Colin, what'd you think? <gasps> Whoa! Um, yeah, and that sound, you can put that on record. Um, that is we'll my, just call that a uh, whiteboard moment. Have you right. <laughs> I, I had It's my, a streaming <laughs> service on the whiteboard. Have you finished? Don't at me, JJ. <laughs> yeah, um, I feel like The Mandalorian is the way Star Wars... It's a good beginning for what I feel like is a, is a new age of Star Wars storytelling. And the reason why is because there are things that are small-scale, uh, everything doesn't uh, come from some mystical prophecy. Um, it's mostly just practical stakes. Um, I feel like the things that happen um, that are, you know, action-packed or suspenseful um, are relatable because there's this sense of, I don't know which character is going to make it out. I don't know what the plot is going to do there's there's a sense of you don't you can't really predict what's going to happen with the mandalorian and each episode feels fresh there's this like short story element where yes there's an overarching plot of baby yoda and the mandalorian protecting him and the bad guys coming and trying to get him but all the episodes feel drastically different like the one where they go hide in that uh secluded village um, you learn something about the Mandalorian that um, you didn't know before and you feel a certain way. You have uh, pathos that you know, are tied to everything that is working with, um, within the confines of that episode. Then you move on to another episode and you've got that like whatever he sees Amy Sedaris and then um, meets up with that dude. And like you mentioned earlier, they have the speed bike and it's like it's another kind of story. It's like a minimalist assassin story. And yeah, yeah. It, you know, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I love Mandalorian. I think I gave yeah. it like a nine out of 10 on IMDb. Mm-hmm. Um, th- you know, actually the village episode was one of my least favorite of, of the bunch, but I, oh. but I appreciate it. Um, mostly because, uh, Fiona or whatever the guy, he, he's the creator of the Clone Wars, the cartoon, who is also the main writer creator of Mandalorian. And so, and I knew that going into it. And I expected the Mandalorian at least to be in that style, and it very much is. In which you, uh, there, the the Clone Wars cartoon, there is there are some overarching themes, but really each episode is like twenty five minutes of uh, that you don't actually need to have watched anything else. You could just watch that one episode and understand what's happening, um, which you know has its has a it's a certain freedom to that that. Um, you don't have to create these epic storylines with lots of consequences, you know? Um, so yeah, I absolutely enjoyed Mandalorian. You know, it, if it was a movie, I think we'd hold it to a higher standard and we might poke holes in it, but yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I was bummed out actually that it was only eight episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, and I agree that 
uh, it's a great way for Star Wars to head into the future. I, I really hope that this is what they do. Uh, I mean, not necessarily Mandalorian, but you know, maybe there's another character we want to follow around. Uh, in in us, at least, it, it's clear that the Mandalorian, the TV show, someone was at the helm. You know, uh, Fellini or whatever the guy's name, and 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 John Favreau. Mm-hmm. Um, they had the time, they had the power, they had the vision. It wasn't 10 cooks in, 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 it wasn't, they weren't trying to please a bunch of idiot fans on Rotten Tomatoes. They, they were doing their own thing and they stuck to it. And some people aren't going to like that because they don't want a small story or they don't, uh, they just don't relate to the Mandalorian or something, or they don't want episodic stories. They want the epic story. That's fine. But they stuck to it. They committed and they didn't flinch and they kept it small and it's, it was beautiful. You know, IG 11, um, had a wonderful moment. I thought, uh, you know, that storyline, I, I, you know, the spoiler alert, um, the, I was legitimately thinking that uh, at the end of episode eight, I was like, Oh, cause I knew there was going to be a season two. And I was like, oh, so maybe epi- season two is going to be a different Mandalorian because they almost killed uh, our Mandalorian guy. Yeah. And, and I thought, oh, that's a, that's a pretty bold move that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the fact that I legitimately thought, oh, I guess he's going to die, means that the writers did their job by setting up a number of other consequences that were real. Like, you know, uh, Nick Nolte, he dies. Um, and, and all, all these other kind of events that happen where I didn't feel like we were in a magical world where no one can, can where there can't be any consequences to things. And mm-hmm. so, um, so yeah, I really liked it. Berto, what'd you think? I feel terrible. Uh, so, I mean, <clears throat> I, I am a little bit, well, you haven't liked out. it from the beginning. Well, so I'm the odd man out. I'll say good things first. I'll, let me just say good things. First of all, I agree with a lot of what you said. I think it's great that it was not a lot of cooks in the kitchen. I agree that it's great that they did this. There's a lot right with it. I, I think the most of the visuals, uh, the character style, I, I will never disagree. Baby Yoda is cute. Absolutely cute. Um, I also think that the, the exploration of the universe is neat. I like that they're, they're doing that. I, I'm totally on board. Uh, I, I actually think for for some reason, y'all, not just you two, just everyone, basically, I, I think it's been a little too lenient on the fact that it's a TV show and it's given the 80s style sitcom writing a pass because there's a lot of dialogue in it that is very cheesy and it's old school in, a, in the, the parts that we didn't like about the old school. I, I disagree. I, I don't think that I didn't receive much of it as cheesy at all. Um, oh, but, but you I can, must be the Mandalorian I keep hating about. Uh, but, but, uh, but I can see how it could be taken that way. I mean, it's so surface level. It's like there's no depth to it. And, and well, I disagree with that too. Um, I feel that when I'm watching The Mandalorian, especially you know, the, the beginning and the end of, of season, eight, uh, season one, um, I feel the weight, man. Like I, like, because I'm, I'm handing myself over, you know, uh, but I could absolutely see how Take it, the would, prison it would episode. feel not great. The, the prison episode. He arrives, he's like, oh, I'm running from the law. We have no idea what he's doing, by the way. What is he doing? He's just got baby Yoda. What is he trying to do? I, I don't know. We don't know. We don't care. Fine. Wait, wait, which, which prison? No, but that's, 
We don't know. It doesn't matter. He's just a rambler. He's he's uh he's kung fu walking the earth. Fine. Which which prison? The episode? one where the, he shows up to help his old uh, oh, yeah. acquaintance. Okay. From and it's the a very small skill set. To, yeah. Right. From the get go, it's obvious to everyone, and definitely it should be to him that okay, this is not on the level. I'm obviously going to get double crossed because the way everyone is acting is like so surface level obvious. Fine. They go on the thing, and don't get me wrong, lots of cool action sequences. That's one of my favorite things about the show. So all the fighting and then going through the hallways and the action, great, 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 great stuff. Great stuff. But the dialogue between the characters is so amateur. So I, I, maybe it's because I've been socialized by the cartoon because it's pretty similar to that. Yeah, it's feel. In fact, to me, the whole show feels like either a cartoon and not a Miyazaki or a, a video game. A lot of the things in it are like the kind of storytelling I expect out of a video game. All right, Mando, you get like the one scene where it's like, oh, Mando, well, you know, I'm surprised you made it alive, but I made it alive too. So I guess that makes us even. So now if you come back, I have a new reward for you. Like that's a video game. Okay. But a lot of things are like video games and are good. So just the fact that it, it didn't land well, with like you. Like an average video game. It didn't, it didn't land with you. Fine. It didn't. Those but, aspects but that's don't not an indictment, you know. Having something be like a video game doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Right. I love the action scenes. You know, I, Tron, the movie Tron, the first one, I love that. That is absolutely a video game, but I love that movie. So just, that, had, just that it's like a video game isn't mean it's a bad thing. So like, you can have a big impact with a simple story, like the I, like, and you can plot it well. Like the whole thing about like you set up a simple premise, right? And we've seen it before. Like okay, so this character of you know the Mandalorian has been abandoned by his family and there's you know that that's we've seen it a thousand times you no, know? It literally but, you you saw it a thousand times in the show because they keep showing you the same flashback over and over gradually, and over the thing about the thing no, i think the, it's not the, 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 they you didn't yeah. nice dialogue clever dialogue between characters instead they literally show you flashbacks over and over to the point where you're like i get it he was abandoned by sorry he the robots killed his parents i get it that's why he hates robots it is so on the nose on the head whatever the expression is there is no subtlety to the show look Love the action sequences. I love uh, how cute Baby Yoda is. I love IG-11. I want to see more of the show. But I don't understand why, and I will not agree, that everyone seems to be giving it a pass on the dialogue and kind of the the surface-level scripts. Don't like it. That aspect, I don't like. Out of 10. Five. Fine. Fine, fine, fine. Six. Colin. Eight. Yeah, I think I gave it a nine. Um, and, And I guess... And I, th- I think I saw episode eight after, I think I saw episode eight of Mandalorian after uh, Rise of Skywalker. Is uh-huh. that, is that the sequence? Yeah. yeah. No, wait. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it was like yes. during Christmas week. Yeah, yeah, that, you're right. Um, so I guess I haven't, I guess episode <laughs> nine has not ruined Star Wars for me. It has not. It has because not. I, I was, you know, with Stacy, my wife, watching the end of Mandalorian. And I, at the end, I was giddy, like, kind of like, yay! You know? Right, I get it. <laughs> Just, but, but I guess my curiosity is, in other shows or movies, and maybe not you now that I think, but why was he giving them 24 or overnight or whatever many hours to think it over? Number one, they have this gun that can beat them, right? right? Yeah, yeah, I know, I get it. And, and th- there's all <laughs> sorts of little, you know, questionable things. You know, when, um, uh yeah that that whole thing at at the, at the end in the last episode where they could just blow them all up 
but they, they give him some time to think about it. And he can't remove the thermal detonator from his chest. It's like built in. I guess fine. Throw, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get okay. it. And, and, and certainly. Yeah. Uh, and again, it's not empirically a bad thing. It just didn't land with you. It was clear to me, because we talked about it after yeah. episode three or something, yeah. that this show was not stylistically landing with you from the beginning. Like, like, because ep- to yeah. me, episode one and two, yeah, I was fully on board yeah. uh, with episode one and two. Yeah. For you, you were like, you were like, uh, I like things. I like the action. I like the when he's chasing the Jawas. Yeah. I don't like that they can knock him off so the I don't, so, so easily. So I, I don't, I don't think, know. I don't think anything could have been done after that because the whole genre uh, appeal was just not landing with you from the very well, beginning. Well, I think that the I think that it's I think that it is something that is made for a very specific audience. Like to me, one of the major differences between this last the, the movie episode 9 and the Mandalorian is episode 9 was seemingly made for everyone. Every idea that could please somebody was on the board. Anything that was going to be controversial was taken off. And that's why thus we have the wet fart that is episode 9. Now with the Mandalorian, it's going to oppose people. Certain people are not yeah, going to like it because I think that the Mandalorian, that. no, but look, listen, like the Mandalorian is playing on a style of film and television show. Well, it's it sure, is bad mostly scripts and Western. bad dialogue. No, but it's, it's <laughs> like, it's playing on the, like, so Westerns have a very specific dialogue and like the scenes and the stakes are very specific. It's like these grandiose moments where the, you're held, you're held up in a, you know, in a cantina and there's the bad guys, the bad sheriff outside or whatever. And he's like, I'm going to come get you. Like there, that's, what's great. I think about yeah, it's but, like star Wars wild West. That's but but you've it's seen, not for everyone, but you've seen better. Like, you know, tombstone is not, uh, it, it's one of my favorite movies, but I'll freely admit that it's got tons of problems, right? Especially the second, act, the last act, the third act is pretty, pretty shoddy, but mm-hmm. There are some lines in that movie that are so good. The, the interaction between Ringo and Val Kilmer, it's like so well delivered and it's fun and entertaining. And that's just the lines, not the action. I've seen Westerns when I was a kid that are cheesy because they're Italian spaghetti Westerns, whatever, but on the surface. But then they have moments that are very creative. My complaint here was, uh, and it wasn't the whole show, but like that opening scene in the cantina, in the bar there's nothing creative about it. He walks in, you're like, oh yeah, he's going to kick their butts. How is he going to do it? Well, he's going to like fight them and punch them and shoot them. Oh yeah. Like there was nothing creative about it. There was no witty lines. There was no surprise elements, nothing. So for me, it's like, I am not opposed to simple drive back down. I'm not opposed to like not having to involve other characters from the characters we know. In fact, I love all that. I love that it was self-contained. I love it. So so you weren't into... The first scene of the Mandalorian. Yeah, the first you scene of like the Mandalorian the f- was eh. So there's no chance you're gonna like any of the Mandalorian. It's not fair. Full, what do you mean it's not fair? Because I did like other scenes what? in the Mandalorian. But the first Which scene yeah. is the establishment of this of the tone of the entire show. Well, I, sure. I, I'm not I'm not choosing sure. you of any. I'm sure. saying like it's and clear I, no, to fair. me. It's Actually, clear to me that the yes. tone of this show yes. was not for you. And exactly because the first if you didn't scene like the first scene, had poor dialogue. Well, and also not empirically things, poor. You didn't like no, it. No, it was and it's, poor. and it's simplistic because they established that he's he's a character that doesn't talk a whole lot. Like the, uh, except in the later the episodes, where he talks quite a lot. <laughs> well, but he's but the show is communicating. I think a lot of very visual storytelling. Well, if, so you're if, getting if, things based on mise en scene and well, you know, different have, things that are. Sure, if you're you know, going to have him not talk, you better have the characters that talk say something interesting. Not, oh, 
oh, you just knocked over my drink. I'm going to kick your ass. Like, that's so dumb. And look, that character they introduced in that very first scene was way out of, out of that's not a Star Wars character. And I get it. that. The, the hostage one. I get and that. You know what else? But again, from the cartoon, it is very reminiscent of that style. Okay. The dialogue between the two stormtroopers on the speeder bikes, that's not Star Wars. That's like a, that's a modern movie. Two people talking funny in a modern movie. I like Not that. a Star Wars movie. Yeah, I like, I like that too. Not a Star Wars dialogue. I, I get that. And I, not I, Star Wars. And I, and I, well, the whole Mandalorian isn't very Star no, Wars. But it could, yeah, it, and the whole dial- point of the show is to establish that you can tell stories that are tonally different than I, the original I, trilogy. I could dial that show just in certain ways. One is higher, better dialogue writer and okay. it would be fine i look keep them the setting keep the mandalorian as the main character keep the baby yoda keep a lot <laughs> a lot of things i the the things i wanted a little bit better better work job is one no the dialogue for me overall mostly didn't land uh number two i needed a little more reason why why what was happening here because like like there is no purpose and i get that that worked in the 80s when we go episode to episode and we don't care one there was a purpose uh, mandalorian's yeah. trying to stay alive one two he cares about baby yoda and wants to save him well in the first it's an episode, abandoned child and he was an abandoned child like that's a purpose uh, yeah. many of the episodes you're like holy shit i hope baby yoda survives yeah but yeah. there wasn't like uh okay uh, this maybe we won't agree on this one i i i, <laughs> I think the uh the, the, the thing with the opening is like, okay, I get it. He's a bounty hunter. He just cares for himself. Within one episode, his character changes. And the rest of this series, his character is not the opening scene's well, character. So, but again, it, it didn't land with you. But, well, for, but, but, but for me, you, do you agree with that? No, I don't agree with that. Because I don't agree he, either. He gave Baby Yoda up and then later on regretted it. And he's continuously ruthless. Barely gave him up. Like that, barely. Like that character. He barely gave him up. He handed him over yeah. and accepted the payment and walked away. So first, first of all, he shot IG-11 in the head. Number yeah. one. Because mm-hmm. he wanted more money because the guy said he wanted him alive. That's not the sense I got from that scene. What are you talking about? He I was talking to Werner Herzog and, and the doctor. And Werner Herzog was like, feel free to kill him. But the doctor, the doctor wanted him alive. And yeah, so but he's that like, didn't okay. mean more money. Well... No, the sense I got from the scene is that he all of a sudden felt some some feelings. Yeah, so he said probably because he's a foundling, whatever. But yeah. he's a dupli- He's right. he's feeling multiple things. By the way, it's I still you know what I mean. Right, I still don't understand why when you shoot IG Eleven in the head, he's dead permanently. But when he gets shot repeatedly by even more powerful blasters all over his body, he's fine. But fine. Like, what I'm saying is, I don't understand why so many people like yourselves. Give it so many free passes. Because, Berto, we have better taste than you. <laughs> okay. I'll, I just think that it's doing the right... I just think that, like, what... Uh, what? I think it's working. I think it's a well-oiled machine. I think you guys I'm are saying. Stockholm Syndrome victims from the bad stuff that's happened. And you now know, you're... <laughs> this stuff's great. He only beats me a little bit. Well, yeah, uh, you joke you know, about that. But, like, in, I, I have thought about that with Star Wars fans. It's, like, there's so many masochistic people <laughs> that, like, g- like want to digest Star Wars just so they can hate it. And then, like, or, um, or they want other people in the Star Wars community to, like, berate them. And then also the sadists that, like, you know, they just want to go see it so they can throw popcorn at the screen. If, if you yeah. two want to yell at me about something that I just realized <laughs> is egregious, is there's no way I should give the same score to the movie as I do The Mandalorian. That's fair. So I'm going to change my scores, and I'm officially making the movie a four and The Mandalorian <gasps> a six. Ooh. Done deal. Oh. 
I've, I've officially upgraded Mandalorian and it certainly, downgraded the movie. It certainly seems like you think episode nine is not a five. It seems like okay, fair you enough. really did fair not. Fair enough. You convinced me. <laughs> um, so let, as a final send off, let's rank, <laughs> let's rank all the major products. Okay. So for me, I used to think Empire was my favorite. After rewatching the original trilogy uh, a couple few years ago, I fell back in love with episode four. I think episode four is a is a just a perfect movie. Episode five has has a couple moments. The Minox, for example, there's a couple odd moments. Um, episode five is a very close second. Uh, episode six after that. Um, actually, I might even put Rogue One above episode six because I and maybe episode seven because um, episode seven and Rogue One, I was I was just like. I could still rewatch Rogue One. Episode seven, I don't know if I could really rewatch. I have a feeling like if I'm going to rewatch a movie, it's probably going to be Rogue One for, for the rest of my life. Especially because Rogue One doesn't ruin anything. Right. And it's just, it's just, and their consequences, they all die. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so uh, let's see if I was really putting it. So four, four, five, I'll put six for sure. Um, particularly I saw it when I was 13 years old and, you know, had a massive nerdgasm. <laughs> okay. And then I'll, put, I know what you're talking about. And then I'll put, uh, I'll put, I'll put seven because I, man, I, that, that emotional yeah. experience Then I'll put row one. one. Okay. Then I'll put, uh, I'm going to, well, let's see, I'll put, I'll put Mandalorian. This is hard. And then I'll put episode eight. And then solo, and then solo, and then three, and then oh, you like two. solo better than three? Okay, and then maybe two, and then one, and okay. then nine. Okay, good, good, good. Uh, Colin, um, my order is a little controversial, I guess. Um, five, then four, with not not too bad. Um, right after that, it's the Last Jedi, and then right after that, I it's like episode. it. I like it. <laughs> Well, you might not anymore, um, because right after that is episode three. Can't help it. Don't know why. Well, you're um, young. How old are you? How old are you? <laughs> I'm 28. <laughs> right. So you saw this movie when you were, uh, what, eight. 10 or something? I was, well, I saw episode, episode three. Yeah. Episode three, I saw when I was in middle school. It was eighth grade. Yeah. But I don't want that to, because I had the VHSs of the original trilogy, and I watch those over and over and but, over. But, and but over. I do think that's a major thing. It's like, a major for, thing. Yeah, dude. I mean, major my thing. parents, for example, saw all the original trilogy with me, and uh-huh. they're not Star Wars fans. No. And why is that? Because they were adults yes. with adult uh, brains <laughs> watching those movies. And it might be that also adults back then didn't stay as childlike as we have stayed. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's true. Oh, so, yeah. And so that's I think I think that's a factor. I think that's a factor. Okay, so, so so after three, did I did I say after three? Um, is Force Awakens, and then right after that would be Rogue One. Then after that episode, and again, this is gonna get weird. Episode two, then after that, oh Solo, no, and then after that, episode one. Uh, where's Mandalorian in there? Oh, duh. Um, Mandalorian would be right before um, the Last Jedi, so it'd be I guess that would be third. Oh. Yeah. Wow. I love I love The Mandalorian. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. It got better for me with every episode. It just like it it was exactly what I wanted, what I needed, all that good stuff. No, no. I I, I like your list. Uh it's a very good list. Um I don't dislike 1 through 3 um uh that much and so um I I totally respect that. Uh Berto, yours. All right. 
So, uh, yeah. So episode five for me is, is in the first slot, not only because Hoth and, and just like, uh, Han and Leia and then, uh, you know, the Yoda and Bespin and like so many good things. And then the battle between Luke and Darth. Oh my God. It's never been topped. Oh my God. No. But it was also the first one I ever saw in the theater. And I remember it. It's not like uh, my dad tells me, because he took me to the four. Sorry, it's the first one I remember in the theater. He took me to four in the theater, but I have no memory of it. Yeah, I have okay. a memory of five. So five is number one. Number two is four. Uh, number three, yeah, I'm just going to stick to Jedi because that completes my, my true love, my trilogy. Okay. After that, I, I agree. I think I'm going to go Force Awakens, Rogue One. So right now we're in the same boat. I think Except for the first and the second, but close. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. And, oh, I forgot about six. Oh, wow. uh, so I just said Rogue One. Yeah, Rogue One. Oh, yeah. Where do you put six, Colin? I, I put six um, right after Rogue One. Okay. Is okay. that, do you have one of the, the, do you have one, two, or three before six? Yeah, he's got three. I have three. Threes before yeah. six. Oh. I, for me, they're episode, and I'm sorry, yeah. Umberto, I'll let you No, no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, I just, um, I just didn't I know we like were mixing. It. I just didn't I know like we were mixing non-Star Wars movies in with Star Wars movies. That's that's the only thing. <laughs> <laughs> the fan fiction films. You yeah, know me. Good. I'm all about that fan <laughs> So so wow. okay. So it was episode five, episode four, episode six. Then uh, Force Awakens, Seven. Rogue One, Rogue. and then okay, okay. I mean, I might throw you guys a bone because I'm interested to see what happens in the se- second season. Really? So I'm actually going to put Mandalorian next. So hey, woo! You didn't like eight that much? Uh oh, not. Oh, I see. I, I thought see you like eight more than that. Yeah. Okay. F- uh, fine. Solo, which I don't consider really part of the Star Wars universe, but it was a good movie. Yeah. Then eight. Really? Because we, we saw eight together. I know, and I really loved it, but now I have a lot of problems with it. Maybe oh. it's retroactive. I don't know. Oh. And then Mandalorian. Yeah. And that's where my list ends. Because I, because I, <laughs> there are no other. Well, well, you don't really remember one, two, three. Well, yeah, yeah. but you, 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 but it's hard for you to rank. I, I think it would be I hard for you to rank them because no, you, no, I do know that three was better. Okay, I, oh, I, I guess I, if, I put if, nine just yeah. before Solo. Fuck, I, my list. If was I low. were ranking the original, tri- <laughs> uh, not the original. If I ranking one through three, I think from what I remember, it would be three, one. Oh, I just threw up, and then two. I guess I don't know. Are oh, you like two? Less I don't know, one. man. It's like it's like asking me, like, do do you prefer like do you prefer to eat vomit or vomit that's been puked on? Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's hard for me to know too because uh, one has some awesome Darth Maul. Yeah, the, the Qui Gon, the you know the fight, and I did um, like it when I first saw it. Yeah, well, I, I like you and McGregor, so I think yeah. that's yeah. partly why I like two more. Yeah. You know what I it guess. is. It, you, and, and maybe this is true and maybe this is true with like episode eight for me, but it's definitely true with episodes one through three. I'm so disappointed because it could have been so awesome, so perfect, so great. And, and so maybe that's why I get extra angry is that like you didn't have to make so many silly things in there. But anyways, all right. So yeah, that's my, that's my rank. It's well, it is. uh, people it's three hours later so if you're still listening uh get a life um and <laughs> please take care of yourself Colin, our special texas correspondent why should uh why should people take care of themselves 
That's great. Is, wait, is that the droid? Is that the droid guy? That's a droid. <laughs> I don't know. That was supposed to be Hutties. God, I'm such a nerd. That actually sounds, you know what it sounds like? Uh, it, it sounds like one of the droids in Star Wars in uh, the ja- uh, Jawa? In the Jawa? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thing, but we should know? do, we should do, let me beep boop, and then uh, you can be C3PO Umberto and you can translate. So why, why should they um, beep boop, 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 beep? Did you just do see? Oh no, I'm trying. Oh, yeah, R two says. R two says this little rebel is going to be late, and you deserve it. <laughs> <laughs>